There's no way not to be ready. We're just we're just chilling, just right? Just chilling, yeah. We're live. Okay. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Jesse Lone Show. I am the Lone Jesse, and I'm here with my third guest today, Miss Dawn Mitchell Hanawalt, my mother. What's up, ma? What's up? How are we doing today on this Thursday afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm ready. So, what do you think of this? This is pretty cool. I'm impressed. You're on the king's couch as he chills behind you. Pay respects. Hey, dude. So the co-host, Dexter Morgan. He likes the butt scratch. He does. He really likes the butt scratch. Hell. He's, yeah, he's got a little butt fetish. Oh, well, he's had enough now. <laughs> I recognize that you, look. Yeah. He'll let you know when he's had enough. Yeah, I recognize that look. So, yeah, I spent uh, till about 2 a.m. putting all this up. I was telling you that. Uh, and we're just beginning to talk about how obsessive I can be. Um... And and because you were asking, you know, how the sativa made me feel, or what what strain it was, I was telling you sativa makes me kind of anxious. But now that I'm doing this, I don't have anything to be uh, anxious, anxious about, about except this itself. Yeah, so. but you're your own boss, so. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you call this a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you don't like what you're doing, you can actually change it. Without much consequence. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's a nice controlling feeling being the master of your own destiny, right. as I was kind of describing it to Summer. But you know, I have no illusion that this is gonna become anything huge that would actually uh, sustain itself. So I still am uh, coming to the acceptance of going back to that crippling nine to five when I get back to Texas. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you get super-duper famous, i got to behave myself and not say anything too bad because then thousands of people will see it or millions of people will see it. Yeah. You no, know? like Justin Bieber, I could have never been... I could have never been a Justin Bieber because give me that much money at 16. <laughs> you didn't happen to watch David Cassidy on Dr. Phil, did you? No. That was kind of disturbing because he actually went to Dr. Phil and wanted to be put on television to clear the air or to put out his side of the story and I think this was a few years ago but he had done a performance and he appeared to be impaired by alcohol and this was after he got his dementia diagnosis so but um, you know he looked pretty drunk and then people claimed to seen him downing a, a big tumbler of wine before the show yeah but he went in there and he you know no 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 I didn't drink, haven't been drinking, haven't been drinking. And, you know, I, Dr. Phil, he kind of, I don't watch his show because I don't like that anxiety, that way they twist things to make the per, you know, it's to rude. make drama out of it. Yeah. It's rude. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I hate this stuff. But I watched it. And, you know, through the whole thing, I'm thinking, oh, I just really hope he's telling the truth. And, and then it just became more and more obvious that he was drunk. And, mm -hmm. and it just makes me sad that in his, final years he you know ken and i were talking and it's like so many people come out oh yeah man i was drunk i'm sorry i screwed up you know yeah. and that he couldn't live in his own truth in the last couple of years of his life and and then he was just so adamantly denying it and um i want to thank you for that actually i was thinking about it. it's like as bad as you've gotten at times and never denied it <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like i was drunk you know and yeah. And it's not like he hadn't 
had a problem with drinking. I mean, he was able to talk about his problems throughout the years, but he just kept adamantly denying, you know, this incident when um, evidence to the contrary. It was, you know, he was tripping over a monitor and he was slurring his words. And that stuff, you know, all through the show, I'm like rooting for him, going, oh, I hope, you know. And then at the end, Dr. Phil's like, yeah, it was obvious he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and those are not dementia. And like you said, what's even sadder is in those last couple of years when he's probably struggling the most, he's put on national television and taken advantage of because they're not really trying to help him. Right. It's like those fucking, uh, what are the celebrity rehab shows, Dr. Oh, Drew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the worst shows in the world because they are yeah. not trying to help those people. There is no program. No, they're trying to make television. Yeah. They're trying no- to make podcasts. They're trying to make television. But, um, but he had brought himself there to clear the air, which... You know, that's why I really feel bad for him, because it's like, oh, dude, you're just really making an ass out of yourself, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, you are, and um, and I don't know what that is within, if that's part of the disease of or you know, substance abuse or what, but he just was sure that he could the denial. pull off this, you know, yeah. I think yeah. it's just a personality trait, uh, people that can't face, you know, their own shortcomings yeah their own faults yeah and yeah he was able to talk about it in a historic context though like oh yeah after i got my diagnosis i went on a binge i drank for you know so many days in a row and then afterwards you feel bad for a few months actually i mean it takes that long to get back up to speed and he was able to talk about that so i don't know i'm still pondering that but um aunt lil went over grandma's yesterday and then i get this text from aunt lil Oh my God, she's crying about David Cassidy, <laughs> and and so I, I I text back and I said, does she believe he was telling the truth, or does he does she think he you know? And it was funny because this goes to speak for grandma's whatever I want to say being naive or maybe just trusting or caring or or seeing the best in a person, but she. She believed he was telling the truth the whole time, you know. But what's sad is I really wanted to believe that. I mean, I was like 50 minutes into it going, oh, come on, find some proof that he, you know. And not that he had drank. That's not the problem. The problem was that he so, you know, what's where vehemently denied it. It was like, no, 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 no. Well, it's it's trying to cover, I mean, admitting to the past, because you said, you know, you could talk about it in a historical sense. Right. it's almost like just a diversion from his current issues because he'll talk about the past and try to make it seem like it's, I mean, look at uh, all the sexual, you know, shit going on nowadays. Right. And people are like, well, that was, you know, that was back then. then yeah. And now yeah. it's better. And then it comes out like, actually, no. Yeah. Uh, about two months ago, you were trying to fuck a 16-year-old or whatever. True. Um, yeah, I, I cut people slack because I wouldn't want to be remembered for who I was 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I mean, we yeah. evolve and we change and... Yeah, we become so much more aware. Joey Diaz talked. One of my favorite comedians and podcasters, Joey Diaz, talks about this because what was it, twenty years ago or whatever? He committed an armed robbery and a, a kidnapping mm-hmm. here in Colorado. He went to prison. Wow! And he's a great guy. Uh, one of the funniest fucking comedians I, I can think of. And the guy twenty years ago, you know, was in yeah. prison for a kidnapping yeah. and armed robbery. Well, and so he's like. Look, I can't look back at people's behavior 15 years ago and judge them. <laughs> He's like, 15 no. years ago, I would have fucking robbed you off the shirt off your back. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's David Cassidy, which is interesting because I haven't really thought about him in a, you know, 
important way in years. And then, but just to see that, I think it was just, it was just like, ah, shoot, you know, you kind of wish he would have went out. Oh, I know what else I was going to say is he kept talking about, and that's a lot of people who have substance issues, just that victim mentality. Like, you know, I had to work and I got up seven days a week and I did two shows a day. And yeah, that sucks, man. But then I'm like, who made you do it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who? Yeah. And then I took care of my mother all alone. I don't know. There's something about that victim mentality that kind of bothers me because it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, no. And then there's people like Vince McMahon, you know, the CEO or owner of WWE who supposedly sleeps like three to four hours a night and he's there at every single show doing every little thing yeah. hands on. So then there's people like that where it's like, ah, there's motivated individuals sure. who have that same schedule or yeah. worse that... Well, and, and that was the inconsistency in it, too, is he would say, I was doing what I loved. It never felt like work. I was doing what I loved. Yeah. But then he's kind of blaming his problems. And his, <laughs> On what he supposedly loved so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess the inconsistency of it bothered me. But I'm sad. I'm sad for him. He was part of all our culture, you know. And, and definitely a and, part of our family. Yeah, and you, look at, and you look back at the young man, it's like, oh, I just wish his life would have turned out differently. And, yeah. You know, but... Did you just say look back at the young man? Yeah, him. Oh, I mean, the when young was, David Cassidy? The young David Cassidy yeah. when they showed him and, you know, yeah, wow. was who. Yeah, he was, he was part of all our culture. He was. All of, like, your dad's and mine and even Lily's and some of us, I don't watch it anymore, but um, the Christmas albums for the Partridge family. And, yeah. You know. Well, obviously, yeah, if anyone knows our family, they know that Dad is obsessed with David Cassidy, and so it was a bummer, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's like, I don't get, I don't get brokenhearted over celebrity deaths. Like, people that get freaked out over it or put it on Facebook and are, you know, oh my God, Prince died, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I didn't know Prince. He was an awesome artist, but I didn't know him. I don't yeah. feel any heartbreak over I, I've learned I don't get upset over their death. But I get upset over if they didn't use their life as wisely. Or maybe at, yeah. the, at the point they went out, you know. Dan Fogelberg, I was upset you and I didn't get to go to another concert because it was yeah. on our to-do list, but that's selfishness. I didn't feel upset. I think he had a lot more music to make, maybe. Oh, and he was sure. like, well, that's a bummer. We, we just still got good music. I, in some way, was almost, I don't want to say relieved, but at peace when John Denver died. I never felt sad. I never grieved it. It was like, oh my gosh, he went out doing what he wanted to do. He had some tough years and he was coming back around and feeling some peace in his life. And I, again, for maybe selfish reasons, was glad he went out somewhat, I won't say on top, but respectable. And then these, these guys who, you know, are in their 70s and 80s and still trying to make a living doing what they used to do. And I'm kind of embarrassed for them. And, um, so I don't know. I felt like he had given the world the majority of his gifts and his talents, and in the '70s, maybe the '80s, and so um, that's you know who am I to judge if he still had big work to do? But I didn't feel sad. I was like, okay, that's, he's part of the cosmos now. I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, but if you look at people and go, nah, I wish he would have. So if is there any celebrity deaths that you could say you got legitimately like upset over? Then I mean. I'm sure you were upset over Dan and John. And for like me, you it's said, you more can... if they're, it's too young or they're, you know, they didn't have a chance to redeem themselves or to, 
you know, become more aware. Like what, Amy Winehouse or? (laughs) I can't honestly think of anybody I was really upset by when I watched that documentary. I was like, ah, crap. Yeah. I think I was upset by her death because, you know, her whole song, they want to make me go to rehab. I say no, no. But I get the feeling like people just wanted her money and they didn't want to help her or have her go away. It's like, oh, you're on top and we need, and I don't know, this is just my opinion, but they want I want to use the word exploit, but they were still making a buck off of her. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, someone should have probably thrown a net over her and, you know, yeah. locked her up for a while. But it would have inconvenienced them, I think. And and so well, I... Um, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes me sad when people just use use people. Yeah. So watching the documentaries, like, oh, that was a waste. That's too bad, but... But now I get less and less upset about death anymore. I don't know that I ever got upset about death. I can't say I feel upset for people that get used because I'm like, you have the the opportunity, any chance to walk away. I mean, yeah. I hate to sound cynical and cold, but it's like all this sexual stuff with Harvey Weinstein, especially. I mean, the rapes, if you forcefully force himself on anyone, that's terrible. But the people are like, oh, I had to sleep with him for this part. It's like. Sure. Yeah. Well, you, you, sorry, but it's fucked up he abused his, his power, yeah. but it's fucked up that you fucked him. Like, I think Ken and I were talking about, maybe it was you and I, but it was like, okay. Where does integrity have You a get raped this? once, you know, shame on him. You get raped twice, sh- kind shame, of shame on, on you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, kind of went back, you know. I mean, some You didn't like, report him the first time? Yeah, 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 and you, so, I don't know. I don't know either, but that's, yeah, the the whole industry, it's like, it's it's a choice. And it's fucked up that it is the way it is, but that's why a lot of people choose not to be in it. <laughs> it's an interesting time right now with all these accusations coming out because I certainly don't condone people sexually harassing people, but I think there's a new standard now, what was allowed or tolerable 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, Ken and I were talking about it last night, but... It used to be kind of a compliment to pinch a waitress on the butt. I Dude, mean, holy shit, in you know, school... I remember in school just what guys would do. And I never was a big, you know, I might have pinched a girl's butt once or twice. Yeah. But, I mean. But still in some cultures, I was kind of kind of disappointed. I'd get my butt pinched in Italy. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do I not have it anymore? They didn't, you know. It's probably because, I, I mean, I like to hope it's because I was with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do it. But no, some cultures, it's just, you know. But I think we've taken it a little far, and that's not to discount people who have been sexually abused in that. And I think maybe because some people have come out, now it's safe for others to come out, and that's, yeah. that's okay. But it's like all of a sudden, why is everything? You know, why is that the new? I mean, people people should feel safe. People should be made to feel safe. People shouldn't have to feel unsafe in other people's presence and yada yada. But yeah, there does seem to be this. It, there's a, a pendulum swing yeah and it's swinging so far in the other direction that i can see it going to where it's like what like you're saying mm-hmm. shit that you should be able to turn around and if you're you know that's unwarranted but like having a consent these days is such a <laughs> i wouldn't want to be a guy man where do you you know where... well, they literally they they're literally telling kids on college campuses now that you should have like contracts a Mm -hmm. and that you need to ask like okay can i touch your back of your neck now okay i'm going to move my hand up your shirt now is that okay like how fucking unromantic would it be to be asking (laughs) 
okay, I would like to touch your nipple now. Is that yeah. okay? Have, have you seen the thing on Facebook, though, where the British explain sexual assault? And it's, you know, it's pretty good, <laughs> yeah. though. They liken it to having tea. Would you like tea? Yes, I would like some tea. Okay. What would you like with it? You know? <laughs> and if someone says, no, I don't want tea, you know? Yeah, don't give them tea. <laughs> but um, it's, it's done so properly and so, and it actually makes sense. But I would not want to be a guy in this day and age or... You know, a lot of day and ages. I mean, I I wonder how many times I've missed out on kissing a girl. Because I've asked them. Because in this day and age, I'm like, I mean, even as comfortable as I feel, I'll look at them and be sure. like, hey, is it okay if I kiss you? Yeah. And if they're down, they're like, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. But there's been once or twice where a girl's like, mm, no, no, not, not right now. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And there's some girls that want to make you work for it you know what i mean <laughs> but i've been watching all these you know it's that time of year these corny hallmark movies which you know don't copy a hallmark movie by any means <laughs> we'd all be in big trouble but um but you know the people just look at each other in their eyes and then it's just like a magnet it just happens and yeah. it just happens you know so i've had that maybe once in my life where it it just happened, you know yeah, yeah. where i didn't feel awkward like uh you know where i didn't like have to sneak it you know yeah how many times in your life have you had that it just happens moment well i haven't had that many opportunities but <laughs> but yeah i i you know i was 14 or 15 when you know i met your dad and i think he was like can i kiss you and i was like sure and then he I remember him squatting down and i said i'm not that short and i mean yeah that was you know but so yes yeah Oh, so it runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, yeah, I don't... I don't Was Lynn a, <laughs> it just happened moment? Man, I, was, you know, what? I don't think Lynn can access social media very well, so I'll, I'll squill on. No, I don't remember Lynn and I kissing very much. I don't remember that honestly being part of our... I don't remember first kiss there whatsoever. Uh, and with and with the love of my life, who's probably watching us right now, yeah, it just <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah? It just magically happened? I think so. I don't remember it because I think I was that. very... I'm going to debate that with you afterwards. I think I was... Talking to him. Really nervous. I bet he, Yeah. I was really nervous. So, you know, when you're super nervous, you don't remember the details really. They're not really clear. Yeah. Or they're either super clear, but I... I don't remember, but I, I, I do know there wasn't discussion. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of, kind of happened. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so you said that you had some ideas of of topics or what you wanted to kind of wanted to say, or you said you had something in mind, right? I don't know. I know you usually end up, not end up, but um, religion, politics, <laughs> yeah, all these things are. You know, hot topics. Yeah, just um, anything. And, you know, I guess when you're, this isn't really an interview, but it feels like you're going to get interviewed. And you, I know the question a lot of interviewers ask is, you know, who are you? Or what? Who are, who are you? you? Yeah. Or describe yourself or whatever. And people will still do that. Like, yeah, when you go to um, <laughs> Need Harmony. <laughs> 
I don't think that song has harmonies. But people would be like, "Oh, I'm a writer," or or even in E Pray Love, that was the yeah. thing. Who are you? Or, you know, so I had I had some questions like that in mind. But yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, that's all. And people usually describe themselves by their roles. Yeah. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a writer, or I'm a, I'm a mother, yeah. or I'm a yeah. And so that's always a real challenge to go. No, who am I really? When you strip the roles away, you know. And so I pondered that a little bit, thinking in case I got asked that question, it's like, how would I answer that? And and I think you know, to just go back to your first memories, I'm still the person I was when I was when I was four or five years old. I mean, I think your basic makeup is already happening there, and and um, you know, I was in I would I was an introspective child. I would go out and commune with nature, even at age four or five. I would walk along the river and, you know, lay in the grass and stare up at the sky and marvel at, you know, how trees grow and climb the tree to look at the bird's nest. And you know, it's not really who are you, but that's the essence of, I guess, who I am. And, yeah. and I still need that time alone to commune with nature. And I think for years and years, you go through your 20s and your 30s and even your, maybe early 40s, and you're so busy, you know, and, and you don't get that chance to... You like you said, you realize you were meditating for years, and you didn't call it that, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and just so at the wall. I realize now I was meditating or whatever at age four, or age five, and just really being one with the essence of, you know, oneness. Yeah. Um, and so I think where we start out early in life, sometimes we end up going back to when you when you get through the busy times, and you get oh yeah, here I am again. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while, you know. It's like yeah. like getting back to and that doesn't really answer who are you because we're all we're all the same thing. We're all part of that collective consciousness. We're all just consciousness and then and then we become um identified by our our thoughts and our beliefs, you know. And that gets into religion and politics. I am a Catholic. I am a Republican. Yeah. I am and we you know, and that's I was listening to Eckhart Tolle a little bit, but that that just goes right back to ego. You know, you are identifying yourself with, I am this, I am that, and um, and that's fine. It's fine to have beliefs and and thoughts and opinions, but when you so strongly identify yourself with those things, then you lose that identification with with consciousness or with everything. So keep going i have a rebuttal you go for it um well not a rebuttal but i i have something to say on that but keep going uh, grab a drink and okay so that's all i'm thinking is is when we're younger we identify stronger with those things like i am this i am that and then as we or at least for me as you become older and get back to being a little more introspective or a little more aware those things don't hold the weight that they used to you still believe them and you still can identify with with certain things that you believe are right or wrong but they just don't hold the amount of weight that they used to so hello want me to keep going i yeah, lost my audience keep going. yeah it's you. kind of weird just talking to yourself Although, well, wouldn't be the first time, but... <laughs> nah, sorry, I, I, I just had to take a piss. I wanted to grab another drink. Okay. But, on the note of what you're saying, um, uh, yeah, I wanted to 
do this too, because I think it's just getting a little bit of cooking, cooking. You're chilling on the couch. Should be good. Um, no, on the topic of uh, who you were when you were younger and uh, coming back around to, to being that person that you are in your, your older age. Um, first, I would want to ask you, who am I? But hold on to that thought. It's interesting that you brought that up just because I was actually seriously thinking about this yesterday, how I don't know who I am. And I never really have, though, for, you know, I've always dabbled in different activities. I played sports, I skateboarded, but I was mm -hmm. never really good at anything, you know? So like you're saying, people identify themselves with their role or with their, you know, I'm a... Sure. Whatever. I'm a skateboarder. I'm, I'm a, a skateboarder. Player. I'm a football player, yeah. I'm a musician. And I can never say really I was a football player. <laughs> I played football, right. but I wasn't right. really a football player. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, even playing music, I felt the same way. Like, I... Mm. I have right here. Say like less. Say like. <laughs> definitely say like. And yes. note, note number two. And try definitely try to be uh, definite about less things. Definitely be. Yeah. So. Um, definitely. Most definitely. Even with music, as much music as I made and as much music as I played, I never felt comf comfortable calling myself a musician because I didn't go play shows. Right. I played a few open mics. Um, I made music, but... You know, I recorded stuff on, on the garage band on my own computer. So I never looked at it I never I never looked at life that way though. And I never I guess I identified as a skateboarder growing up. But growing into my adulthood, obviously I quit skateboarding, quit playing music as much. I fell into the nine to five and and now I'm left looking at myself going, you know, who am I? Am I a podcaster? Am I But you know, to get metaphysical or yeah, I listen enough of these gurus and I oh and go, so, sorry but not interrupt no. but just to to finish again on what you were saying asking myself who am I I look back on who I was and I'm like I never really was concretely in any kind of category right. which I like I I like that I never you know fully abided to any faction um, but as a kid like you say I was a curious uh, talkative dramatic individual so maybe that's where this comes out sorry go on no i was just gonna say i think how you can use the comparison of when you're young to when you're older and then if you want to be more aware you want to be more introspective or more conscious i guess is the word going around but we didn't have to try to do that when we were three or four more enlightened yeah, yeah. but it just came natural and you know, to use the words of, like, Eckert again, or, or, but it's, you've, you've experienced it where you're watching your thoughts. The person who's watching your thoughts is who you really are, you know? It's, it's that one who has, it's the observer, it's the... Okay, so... <laughs> it's the deep eye, is what he calls it. What I was thinking of that translate and what, translates into what you're talking about, first I was watching Making a Murderer. If you watch that, no, scared the shit out of me. I finally got into fully fully watching it, and I highly suggest you do if 
you don't want to sleep for the next few months Um, kind of like my sleep and if you have seen it then you know what i'm talking about brandon dassey being the nephew of the guy that was accused of a sexual assault that was later accused of a murder is this based on a true story this is a true story this is real deal guy's still in prison brandon dassey who was his nephew since been released because if you watch the videos of the police interrogating him it's just like i said it'll make you not want to sleep for weeks and it made me think god for how lucky i've been in my interactions with the police like i say i can just thank my lucky stars but this kid was uh mentally challenged for lack of better words you know he they said read at a fourth grade level at the age of 17 Mm. so you watch them break him down and convince him that you helped rape and murder this girl with your uncle and he's so simple i like i I fucking started crying. Yeah. Cuz I was just seeing him get taken advantage of and I'm like, "Oh my god." And you know that he's going he's going to prison for this. Mm-hmm. Thank God he's since been released. But I'm just crying going like, "Oh my god." Like to mm-hmm. see this happen to someone that he has no defense. Yeah. He has no intellectual defense. Right. Well, later I I can't remember it was grocery shopping or whatever. I was having that talk with my inner monologue mm-hmm. like you were saying. And it was about getting like carbs or something because I started going down and I just blindly without even a thought, you know, subconsciously started going down the chips aisle Mm -hmm. and I'm like, potato chips, tortilla chips. And then like, you know, higher Jesse popped in and goes, hey, no, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, we said we're not going to be doing this shit. And then like simple Jesse was like, but they're just chips. (laughs) And I'm like reasoning. And so that inner dialogue, I was like, you know, if I was constantly stuck in whatever part of that myself i would life would be so much simpler though yeah well i've been giving a lot of thought to that because you know there's in the medical medical no try that again metaphysical world and you know you've heard of the secret about manifesting your own destiny and your thoughts become your reality and you are the you know and i'm not saying all all that's not true but i think in the way we think of it, it's not true because, um, like you say, if you get stuck in one of those things, that's you know that becomes your reality. But I look at people and go, but what about this poor person? And you know, how could all those bad things happen to him? Actually, been there for their evolution. And and but I think what it is is if you are aware and you pick up on all these things happening to you, then yeah, they can be good for your evolution you know but if, if but you can learn if you can learn but if you are totally oblivious and unaware and unconscious you know which is pretty much the part of you that was walking down the chip aisle yeah. without any thought you know then all of these things can be thrown in your way or put in your way and you're not going to learn from them you're not going to grow from them but i once said that be careful what you ask for if you say man i need to learn patience i need to learn more patience mm-hmm. i really do think the universe takes that as challenging well let me show you how you get patience, man. You know? yeah. um, and and so I've learned, you know, but so you can't go, yeah, but look at that person. They, they you know, they, like David Cassidy. Oh, mm-hmm. how do all these things lead to his evolution? They really didn't because he didn't want them to. But if he wanted them to, I think you are put things that will help you, you know. Like all my fuck-ups. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, think about it, though. It's up to me. You know, what the things that were the most challenging at the time are usually the things that get you to turn a corner, you know? 
I mean, I asked you, like, what was the, you know, kind of what, what made you ease up on the drinking. And it was, for you, it was the fact that you didn't ease up after getting the crap scared out of you by yeah the law enforcement and this and that. But an unaware person wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. probably have the awareness. But for you, it's, it, you were like, oh, man. I had this problem and it still didn't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so you were aware of your unawareness, which is awareness. On a podcast I was listening to this morning, they were talking about the difference with Coke and alcohol, saying, just legalize Coke. They were like, really, are we saying there's any difference between the damage that cocaine does versus whiskey? They're like, if anything, it's better. Because look, do Coke for three years and see if you don't fuck your life up. Yeah. He's like, they're like, the problem with whiskey is it'll take 40 years later and then yes. you're going, oh shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't get immediate feedback yeah. from it. Like you don't biofeedback. Get... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you feel like talking to yourself for a minute? <laughs> Why, you gotta go to the bathroom again? <laughs> go to the bathroom again. This is like the third time. We got bladders like rabbits. You know, we've been hydrating. Yeah, well, I drink water religiously anyway. Yeah, go for it. Because I can go a whole day sometime without going, but then... If I chug something, it just goes through me like Betsy Wetsy. Well, especially if you haven't ate anything. Yeah, well, maybe that's it. Yeah. But I was talking about those dolls you don't remember, but when I was a kid, they had these dolls, and you'd put a bottle in its mouth, and it would squirt out the other end. No, we had those. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. and remember, I was the fucking weird kid that wanted, I was the weird boy that wanted yeah, a Betsy doll. Betsy Wetsy, yeah. And I, I was the weird girl who did it... want a doll. We talked about that. There's probably <laughs> some insight there, so... Right back. I really did. As a kid, I wanted one of these dolls just because they were so realistic. Like, I wanted the more realistic stuff as a kid. I didn't want, uh, I don't know, what were boys playing with? G.I. Joes? Or, I was like, G.I. Joes don't piss themselves. <laughs> what the fuck, you know? Um, although I did carry a Barbie around for a while as a kid. I carried around a Britney Spears Barbie doll for a while, so. Might be some deep-seated issues there somewhere. Never know. Figure it out. This is hilarious. You can hear the toilet flush in the background. It's a very professional setup that we got going on the Jesse Lone show. But I'm happy with it. I don't think carrying around a Barbie doll is particularly weird, but you could say why you were carrying around. You know, think about that. Uh, as a replacement to Dark Jackie? Okay, yeah. So a Barbie doll as opposed to G.I. Joe... No, I mean, I don't know. I was. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's acceptable for boys to carry around G.I. Joe's because they go, you know, or whatever. So, what? There, there was a moment in my childhood which blessed Dad's heart. Uh, Backwards. Okay, cool. <laughs> there was a moment in my childhood which blessed Dad's heart because he's a conservative guy. Right. You know this. Yes. And he's not. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's a man's man. We could say that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He's a little sensitive, but he's definitely. Yeah. A man. But man, I think man. you can thank your brother, too, for some of that, because he pumped out one boy. He got out all of his he pumped out one boy, on so, well, you know, it wasn't like he was worried, oh, man, I'm going to, if I do this or I do that, I'm going to mess it up, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking, but, yeah. But there was this moment going through a drive-thru, and I'm getting a McDonald's Happy Meal, and they had the Barbie dolls for girls, this. and they had the Hot Wheels for boys, and I told Dad, I was like, can you ask them to give me the Barbie doll instead? And I just remember Dad, you know, driver's side. I'll never forget this. Uh, you know, imagine Dad sitting in the driver's seat and he looks over me. <laughs> like, like that Bruce Willis stare. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, I do know that one, yeah. <laughs> he squints at me for a moment and he goes, 
We'll have the Barbie doll. <laughs> Can we get a Barbie doll with that instead of a hot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that had to be hard for him. <laughs> but bless his fucking heart, I he know. didn't flinch. He didn't ask twice. He just looked at me and he turned back and asked for the Barbie doll. Yeah. And I got a little Good Barbie doll. Him. And then yeah, I ended up carrying around. It was a Britney Spears Barbie doll. I don't know what the fuck reason for, but. You know, Ken and I have been watching this show called um, Queen Sugar. It's on the Oprah channel, but um, there's a little boy, and he carries around a doll all the time. But his mother was gone a long portion of his life, and so this doll's called Kenya, and that's, I think he talks to her, and I think in some way it was a mother replacement, oh. you know, so. You think my Britney well, Spears doll was. I don't know. Was... I was going for that, but you. you <laughs> I was you, going for that. Well, you had the mama, so, you know, whether <laughs> Not you. Not everything revolves around you, Ma, sorry. Whether you wanted a. You know, blonde chick. <laughs> uh, well, that's yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I don't had know. I I yeah was a sexual kid at a young age. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. You know, this isn't like oh I am a girl. This is like I want a girl. <laughs> you know, it's still fucking weird. I want to have the perfect girl. <laughs> um, I can admit. But no, story. I was when I was a. And I was not really a tomboy. I don't think I was really strong enough or fit enough or athletic enough to be a true, true tomboy. But I definitely remember one of the first things I wanted was a BB gun, um, a train, what? a train, and a, a mini bike, a motorbike. Oh, you know, sweet. Which is kind of my thing, like, okay, here's your last chance to ride a motorbike. But I wanted, if somebody would have bought me a baby doll, I would have sat there. I wouldn't ever touched it. But I loved Barbie dolls. So again, you know, I understand there's a total difference between playing mommy or playing, oh, let's yeah. dress up and go out on a date. Or let's, you know. See, but I wanted the baby doll too. I wanted the, uh, like, I don't think I wanted it. I wanted the number one Christmas item I never got, fucking Santa. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that RV, you know, not the RV, but the, you know, battery-powered car that, I could drive around. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't Everett have one of those? Uh, probably. I think so. Every kid has one nowadays. Well, I know. So I'm sure they're not like. I, but I was with you. I wanted half the mortgage like they were when I was a kid. Right, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I wanted something like that too. I like the. I didn't like Fantasyland or pretending when I was a kid. You know, girls would come up. Let's pretend that. I was like, Ugh, you got to be kidding me. You know. And we don't want to get in the Baha'i faith right now, but that was part uh -huh. of the thing when, when, you know, we would always have to, oh, let's do role-playing or let's, and I was just like, I hate role-playing. I don't yeah. know what it is. And as a young kid, I wanted the realistic things. So my toys were like, I wanted things that did something real. Time out. Because <laughs> we can totally get back to your childhood, which I intend to do, but you skipped over the Baha'i thing like, we don't need to get into the Baha'i thing, but no, well, I didn't, now we do need okay, to get into I, the Baha'i thing. I didn't want to get off subject, but... Because um, Baha'i, people ask me, and it's growing, obviously, enough to where I see it more, but it's definitely still lesser known, and... When I tell people, like, I, you know, explaining my kind of upbringing, it's like, well, yeah, my mom was Baha'i, and people go, Baha'i. You know, honestly, I think I'm technically still on the register, but um, I'll never say anything negative about the Baha'i faith because, you know, and, and somewhere will probably watch this, growing up Catholic, I didn't resonate with it as much. It felt, it felt restricting to me. 
Mm-hmm. And this is just my perception of it. Again, you know, Summer does a great job living within Catholicism to bring yeah. it world worldwide. But my perception of it, or the way I um, translated what I was hearing, mm-hmm. it was very limiting. And so I thought, well, what about people in Africa who who don't know of Jesus? And what about, you know... Yeah, people who don't don't have that experience. So, That's funny because those were the same questions I had in like youth group and stuff. Though were like, what about the kids that don't have a chance to accept him as their Lord and Savior? Sure. You know. Yeah. And I had one pastor say, "Well, you know, uh, they'll be reborn and have another chance." And I was like, uh-huh. "Well, you all don't believe in reincarnation." Another one said, "Well, if they don't have the chance, then obvi- they get an automatic pass from God." You know. Right. And then another one was like, "Oh no, they go to hell." Yeah. yeah That's why we yeah. got to go there to save right. them. And I was like. I'm getting three different answers from supposedly three different guys who are talking to God. <laughs> exactly. And that's and there's many Christians out there who it's not limiting to them because they can see beyond, you know, that limitation. And but for me the Baha'i faith answered all those questions I had at that stage of my life and at that awareness, you know, and you, and you go from having to go to church, having being you know, told you should go to church every Sunday, and um, and having these beliefs to okay, can't just go to. I'm never going to go to church again, or I'm never going to. You had to have some sort yes. of structure. Yes, and so, I mean that's my explanation. That was the next next that's, step for me. You know, and if you listen to the summer podcast, that's what I was talking about with John. Yeah, is he went from Mormonism to Scientology, and then I was like. Uh, okay. kind of makes sense the right. jump you know because yes. when you're raised mormon yes it's like you need something right. else to grab on and that's to. how i feel about myself and i was still at the stage of life where they call them seekers and searchers and even then i think it took me seven years before i signed the card i just hung out and because i didn't want to be a anything but so you know? they call them seekers yeah seekers people seeking the truth people seeking answers people okay. seeking yeah you know a different different way and um and so, yeah, I, I hung out for a while, seeking and learning, and um, but there was nothing I could argue against, none of their tenets. You know, it was like, there's one God. All religions believe in this one God. They're all, I think of a well, they're all dippers to the same well. They're all lamps of the same light, or, you know. And it was very poetic and almost romantic, and, and music made yeah. me do it. I would say music made me do it. Dan Seals, <laughs> um, I saw that commercial or he had a thing but it was we are one flowers of one garden we are one leaves of one tree it's like oh i gotta i have to investigate this that's what and that was another tenant investigation of the truth um equality of men and women um tenants these are the tenants tenants yeah and i can't i i don't have a memorized so i you know fuck it let's look i'll hit and miss on them but um science and religion you know, can be, they don't have to be in competition. They can be in, they can, they can go be in side by side. Cooperation, thank you, yes. And unity. Yeah, and unity. So, as far as any faith goes. So I see, sorry. Yeah, go for it. The oneness of mankind. Yep. Universal peace upheld by a world government. Oh, shit. That's. Boom. I was going to say, okay. New World Order shit. That's that's the, and I don't say I disagree. I mean, maybe that's the way it would have to be. But when I chose to move away from the Baha'i faith, yeah. it was administration that got me. 
you know and for a lot of people they can do administration they like meetings they like minutes yeah. they like beating the game they like going do you second that motion i hate that crap Fuck. yeah i hate that crap and i went to a friend who was a counselor at the time and and you know christine and i was like I'm having a problem with this because I want I, I, I want to take all the good and throw away the bad. And I say, here's my problem. And she just summed it up, you know, in, in a sentence goes, that's because it's of man, not God. You know, and that was the problem. I don't have a problem with the, with the God part of it. It's the man part of it, you know. Yeah. Having to show up and, and, um, and so, yeah, that's what I moved away from because it's the fundraising, it's the... You know, trying to get other people to become Baha'is and the administration part of it. Well, that's so. exactly. I don't want to speak for him because he's not here. But again, John yeah. fell out of the Church of Scientology because obviously, you know, if you know anything, most of what people do know about Scientology is the crazy shit that the right, church is involved right. with. And once he got so far, he was like, uh, "Ah, yeah. but there was so much good." There is so that much he didn't good. want to let go of. Yes, and he does believe in so yes. much of L. Ron Hubbard's. You know, sure. Because really, the guy was a self-help yes. guru in a sense. But you can take the part of it that resonates true. That's what I'm learning too, is that part of it, that deep eye, the one I'm talking about, the one who, you know, is there beyond the voices. It knows the truth. When it hears the truth, it knows it. You gotta say that shit again. Okay. Say that one more time. That was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> The deep eye, that part of us that's consciousness. The that deep part, eye, okay. The eye. The Would that I be considered am. the third eye? Oh, the deep eye is in, eye. Eye is in eye. The, the eternal eye. Yes, the okay. eternal eye. Yes, the great I am. You know, okay, God, um, quote unquote. Whatever you call it, consciousness. Okay. Yeah. You know, people call it God, spirit, consciousness, truth, light. You can go on forever. But, Love. But, but... That awareness, the the you that's not being distracted. Anyway, it knows the truth when it hears it. Yeah. You know? And you that's aha moments. It's like, ah, ah, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know that within religions, and it's probably the same with Scientology, you know the parts of them that are, that are true. And you knew this from when you were going to high school, but every religion has as their prime, their number one, the golden rule. Yeah. You know, and they all call it different things. Do unto others or, you know. And that's what I got out of Baha'i. I mean, yes, after yes. all the years of Baha'i school was just basically that every religion has the same sort of yeah. core moral. Right. But and then I investigate more religions and I find out that's not actually really quite the case. But the, but the, but the <laughs> There are some religions thing, that want to kill you. The, yeah, that's true. Not naming any, but, you know, there's that, that one. Sure. But they started <laughs> out, you know, and, and it's man that gets in there. Yeah. And messes it up. But it every the core of every religion is Actually this one, know, if you look at the core, there? it says kill people. Okay. It's actually man that is sure. arguing for the for a salvation of this religion, for a modern day, you know, yeah. practice of this religion. Because I think just like Catholicism, which is, you know, yeah, responsible for the Crusades right. and countless fucking That's, atrocities. Yeah. It's developed into a religion today that's like, oh, gays, yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess they're cool. You know? <laughs> but if you go all the way back to, you know, the beginning of Catholicism would begin, I guess, with Jesus, if that was the, you know, I mean, if, if he then said his disciples were to go and, yeah. and carry on. But, but, yeah, he did not come along going, okay, you know, in the 1600s, you're going to go to Mexico and kill, you know. I mean, the, yeah. the, the you know, I, whoever 
whenever religion is it, the neat thing is I can go to any church now and, and you can find the goodness in it and you can find that that core belief in it or you can you know I don't feel threatened by anything Rick Steve says it great when you go to Europe or when you go to Rome be a Catholic you know yeah throw your he said throw your Protestant sword down and become a Catholic you're going to enjoy the trip a lot more you're going to get into the art and the you know yeah whatever you got to appreciate that's where i don't get the whole yeah that's uh, someone accused me not too long ago of being belligerent towards their religion and i was like no way like i may have been upset at the fact that you couldn't accept our disagreements but i from scientology to whatever it's like I, i like learning about shit hence Right. This whole idea. Oh yeah, I think you know. If I definitely might look at you and go like, "Oh, you're batshit crazy," but I'll I'll do it with a smile and say, "With all due sure. respect, I disagree." <laughs> you know. Yeah, but again, that's that that part of you that's you know you're you're willing to listen. That's yeah. That's the part of you that that knows. Yeah, this person's identified with this, but that's not who they are at their core. That's not really, you know. I mean, at the core, we're all the same, but they identify with this. They identify yeah. with that. And then when you strip away all that, when you listen to each other, you're just left with what's the same, not what's different, you know. Um, this was something I thought about, I wanted to talk about, though, is just Jerusalem, you know, on the, in the spirit of religion. Because people dream of going to the Holy Land, and they dream of what type of experience they're going to have. And, and then I've heard other people say yeah they came away kind of disillusioned and things and I didn't go with a lot of expectations um, and again you're going to have the experience you want to have you're going to see what you want to have with anything else but what I saw was way too many people identified with their beliefs with their religion and the part of it that separated them and we were there on Easter Sunday and so it was it was a headache is the word that comes to mind for me just like you know, the Christians all elbowing and to get down into where Jesus was born and people, I mean, pushing and shoving to get to touch this rock. And Doing to, the real Christian yes, thing to get there, exactly, right? and to wipe their t-shirt against <laughs> this rock, you know. And then over on the other side, because it, it was also Passover, which is usually, you know, coincidentally, they all compete. They all get their religious holiday, like, on the same couple days so yeah. they can fight for the space. Well, it's our... It's our Easter, it's our Passover, it's our Ramadan's in the fall, but I'm sure the Muslims (laughs) had something going on. So you've got these three, three strong religions who all claim Jerusalem as their their home, and the Jewish people are down there, which, you know, just headbanging and and wailing, the wailing wall and crying and beating their head against the wall, you know. And and I didn't see, honestly, I didn't see them... (laughs) The Muslims doing anything, it wasn't their holiday, but really, but you were aware, or I was aware of this strong, this is Muslim, this is Christian, this is Jewish, and them all just literally beating their head against the wall, you know, to prove that theirs was the way and the truth and the light, you know, and I was, I was just like, kind of frustrated by the whole thing going, and the only thing I could say is, if any of these religions or these people put an ounce of energy in understanding each other and in kindness as they were in carrying out the... A fucking peaceful Jerusalem. Oh, be. my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, when I say energy, I mean energy, you know, just, just from the core of their being. They're putting yeah. all of this into, 
into proving their way was right or that theirs is the have you ever heard of the Indi- one way? Have you ever heard of the indigo children? Yes. Do you consider yourself one? You know, I don't because they're usually really <laughs> enlightened at an early age, you okay. know? Um, you, and, you took a while? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might be an indigo senior citizen or something, <laughs> but I don't think they would have let you know, certain life distract them like I did. Because we all got caught up in our 20s with wanting the bigger house, the bigger car, the bigger, you know. Yeah. Or for me, probably my biggest thing was, and you know this one, and I still have it a little bit, but what do other people think of me? You know, is this going to upset this person? Or is this going to upset that person? And I wanted to be liked by everybody. And I don't think indigo children really care. Yeah. I mean, they're connected. If it's, you know, if there is such a thing, they are connected in early age to the core of their being and into the thing the one thing that is and yeah and they don't let any, anything distract them from it i didn't get all the way through your uh, and summer's podcast but i did hear you talk a little bit about having a mystical experience and seeing geomet- geometric figures and yeah you know this and that and i didn't hear the what time i talked to jesus yeah yeah and you know, whether it's substance that gets you there or meditation that gets you there. But I think there's something, I've had an experience that's similar. And up until that point, I didn't know if there was anything out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and for me, it was a tunnel and just, you know, going through this tunnel. But, but, but I heard you say that, like, God was telling you, you know, it's okay, dude. Whatever happened in the past, it doesn't matter. Just be good from here on yeah. out. And that was, I didn't hear words to that extent, but but I certainly felt that. Yep. It's like, yeah, okay, you know. Yep. It just, just go on and, and do better now. Which at the core of Christianity, which is why I attribute it to this kind of Jesus figure, because right. at the core of Christianity, it's you're forgiven. Yes. And that's how I finally felt. Was yeah. like, dude, yeah. just let it go. Yeah. Because you can't change that shit and move right. on to tomorrow with love. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, whether it's a substance that gets you there or not, like I already explained, I fought my whole life to have that feeling. And so when the substance... Like, yeah. my my thing being, I understand why Summer would be opposed to these sure. substances because yeah. she's so straight-laced and some people just can't wrap their minds around it. But my argument to her would be like, you know, atheists... Look at atheists and Mm -hmm. tell me that you wouldn't love to see them try a substance that would just make them go, holy shit, there is something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not a god, but yeah, something bigger than nothing. You know, I would call it um, just a design, a universal design or a... Or a, a consciousness. Like, you, just consciousness. like you said, at the core, we're all one, and that's what you see is... Exactly. All of our identity, like you said, it's all ego, and mm-hmm. everything that separates ourselves is just hum- our, our human consciousness dividing ourselves in some sort of um, construct. Labels. They give yeah. you a label. Yeah, I'm and, this, I'm that. I'm- but at the core, we're all what? Yeah, we're all goop that yeah. turned into a baby that turned into a human being. Right, it's, right. Joe Rogan. Uh, I hate, <laughs> hate to keep throwing out his name. No, I have my, my people, my I peeps. I know. I say he's my new Bam Margera because remember how obsessed I was? Yeah. If anyone doesn't get that reference. But he was saying, like, when you have kids, you finally understand that. You can look at an adult person and be like, you can, like you said with me, I look at you're your dad bring that up. Yes. and have sympathy it's now. It's been the most 
liberating, healing, amazing, whatever thing. And it even it even took a while, you know. But I would just, whenever I think of him and go, oh, man, you know, he wasn't there for me because he was drinking or... Or, but you know, and then I'll think, well, look at Jesse. I could forgive you in a heartbeat, you know. And you just, it's like, okay, next day, you know, you give him another chance. <laughs> and, and why can't we do that for our parents? Why can't we do for our parents what we do for our children, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, but I do. I, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just throw your face on any memory I have of him when it's negative, and I can turn that negative memory. I can't say into something positive. I can find compassion for it. I can find understanding for it. I can find forgiveness for it. And I and I really don't have a lot of emotion around it. Then it's just like, ah, yeah, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That was just something he was going through at the time, or that's what he was he was doing. So um, Joe Rogan, I actually have something to say about Joe yeah. Rogan. And this is going to surprise you because, Uh-oh. um, knowing you know that. As we seek and search for answers, we find our gurus, and I would align myself being one of those middle-aged women who listen to Deepak Chopra and try to find knowledge, yeah. you know, in what he has to say. And I'm not saying he's full of BS by any means, but Joe Rogan had a guy on, and I don't know who the guy is. I Googled it, and I couldn't find it. But they were kind of debunking Deepak, you know, and going... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and I listened to it with an open mind, and I had to agree. Yeah. You know? No, and that's... Yeah. I know exactly what podcast you're yes. talking about, and it's the same thing. I've had experiences in my life. Like I said, the seven spiritual laws of success helped me with the spot that I was in in my life. Right. So I got to give Deepak credit where credit's due. Yes. But yes. then you listen to the arguments yes. against it, and it's like, yeah, some of that metaphysical shit. Yeah. yeah. But what I loved is, and, it, and it's very true, it's like if... If you're listening to a neurosurgeon or a cardiovascular surgeon and they're explaining, you know, how they would resect this artery and get it, to, and we'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We're at their mercy because we don't know crap of what yeah. they're talking about. Now, Deepak, and I don't want to, you know, misspeak, but I think he's a medical doctor and he's also a quantum physicist, or at least that's the impression I get. Yep. So he can speak about these things and we do not have the knowledge to... Um, to filter it and to, yeah. to know if he's talking BS or not, you know? And we just go, oh, yeah, man, yeah. you know? And I did, I've met him in person. I have signed a book. I listened to him explain quantum physics to me. Mm-hmm. And I will say again that part of you, the consciousness of you, there were certain things I was like, ah, I get it now, you mm-hmm. know? So I thank him for that. But I have a whole thing on this. But, yeah. But, yeah. But, but so much of it <coughs> is just, you know, they got to keep their business going, too. He is, yeah, they have to keep their business going, keep throwing new things at people. Um, and, yeah, unless there's that recognition of, oh, my God, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Then the rest of it's kind of, okay, I'll toss that aside. I, I, like you said, we need people like him to present these ideas to dummies like us. Yes. Because it does open your mind to a whole right. brighter idea. Now, when you... And so my, my whole thing about this, I'm grateful either way to Deepak, like I said. Yeah. Because even if in the moment you don't understand that it's bullshit, yeah. you know, for lack of better words, <laughs> in the moment you feel so changed and the mind is such a fucking powerful yeah. tool. They say yeah. mind over matter and, and it's the placebo effect can be one of the most powerful right. dr- yeah, uh, remedies that you have. So very grateful in those moments. And mm-hmm. s- uh, sorry, excuse me drinks making me burp 
But like I was saying with dietary choices, Mm -hmm. I almost wish that I was still ignorant because in my ignorance, I never felt unhealthy when I ate a whole bag of Doritos. You yeah. know, I never felt it. Yeah, I never felt it's like mind I was over unhealthy. matter. <laughs> yeah, well, I was yeah. never aware. But then once you become aware of the bullshit, like I became aware of Deepak Chopra's, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it spoils it for you. It does. And then it no longer helps you, and the chips are no longer f- delicious for you. They make you feel yeah. like shit. You yeah. know. <laughs> but it was your choice to become aware. You know, it was. See, that's why I said, be careful what you ask for, because it's like it's I, like Adam and fucking Eve yeah, with the apple. Yeah. The the deeper you go down the awareness yes. rabble, rabbit yeah. hole, it's like the more conflicted oh, life yeah. gets. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, until you quit fighting with yourself and then just go. Eh. You know, when you strip away it all, there we are. We're just there again. I think. I remember somebody saying to me, going, "Oh man, yeah, you. I think you might be really deep." And I said, "You know, I was, or I was trying to be, but." I'm having so much fun just being in the shallow end right now, you know, yeah. and I don't mind just playing in the shallow end. I quit reading any self-help books and, and you know, affirmations and calendar. They're for a few years because it's like I met Ken. I'm, I ate junk food for about a year. I, you know, I just didn't want, you don't have to be doing that to yourself all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And then slowly I came around going, oh, well, I am not feeling good. I need to eat a little better. I need to... But I don't put those restrictions on myself or put myself into categories like I'm a vegan. I'm a and, and <laughs> I respect vegans. I'm not knocking them. I I wish I, I was am. I wish I was born a vegetarian or didn't have positive what do you I You say have? born a vegetarian like it's transgender or something. <laughs> I wish I could identify as No, a I vegan. remember giving you boys your first bite of meat and going, Oh, there it goes. I've spoiled their you know, vegetarianism, they're eating animals now. But um, I love animals. I do. And as Anthony Bourdain would say, with the side of mashed potatoes. But um, but I, I am a meat eater. And, you know, if I didn't feel the need to eat meat and could live off of potatoes and carrots, I'd probably feel better about myself. But I've also realized that the buffalo and those things are, I respect them. I take a Native American approach to it. It's like, I bless them. I'm grateful to them, and now I'm not going to think about it anymore. So, venison is so healthy. Venison? Yeah. 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 Elk, venison, all those things. I am. <laughs> Dexter scared me. I looked like this little snake was coming <laughs> over my shoulder. I was like, "Oh God, the animals are coming to get no, me." As I talk about, like you said, buffalo, but venison is that one of the healthiest meats that you can eat sure just the vitamin sure. mineral content and uh i couldn't shoot a deer i talk could about the go. most humanely raised meat. yes yes i could that's what i was going to say i may not be vegan or vegetarian i am still concerned with how the animals are treated and, and their mm-hmm. welfare ratings and you know temple grandin if you don't know about her she's a professor up at csu she's won these great awards they've made a movie out of her but she didn't say quit eating cows she's like how can we make the cows lives happier how can we keep them from being terrified as they as they go into the slaughter yard so maybe it eases my conscience a little but i will like give them a euthanasia shot each time or yeah yeah and then it and then it transfers down to what we're ingesting you know are these things terrified at the last moment are they giving off these you know stress hormones yeah exactly and so what's that hormone called because i know i'm trying to i don't know i don't know if it's the adrenaline or the endorphins or the it's something more more toxic. We than got that. distracted, by the way. Do you? Were, were, did you have? Some, 
Where, where were you going? Well, we were talking about Joe Rogan and Deepak. Okay. And how we debunked him. Yeah. And you and, were grateful that... Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But I, I don't know where we were going with that, but I guess I know as I get older, I don't need the gurus anymore to tell me the way to go. You, you know the way to go. I like to be reminded every mm-hmm. now and then of, you know, things. But, but you were talking about how ignorance is bliss to some extent, and I was saying that. Um, I just hate to quote Joe Rogan as much as I do because yeah, it's... I want to be original, you know? Right. But we all get our ideas from somewhere. And yeah. I like to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, um, like I said, I'm kind of on this Eckert kick again, and I was on that. It was weird because at work, I think it was 10 years ago when his book, The New Earth, came out, and nobody said, hey, I'm going to read this book. Are you going to read this book? You go read this book. But we had this thing going on at Whole Foods where, like, our whole team was reading it without even knowing each other was reading it. And so there was a jump in our little collective consciousness there at work, you know, and learning about ego and things like that. But I tend to quote him a lot. I really was on his studio. <laughs> okay. So, because the reason I asked where we were going is because we totally got off the principles of the Baha'i faith. Right, and then I went on to Jerusalem. And I wanted to ask you about... <gasps> oh, universal... The, the universal... Well, they call it the Universal House of Justice. And you were talking about New World Order. The world government. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. We, we talked about that. Yeah. I want to ask you about uh, spiritual solution to the economic problem. Oh. So what is our spiritual solution to the economic problem? See, Mom? that's where we would all disagree on it because the liberals think they've got the solution to it. By the way, he's so fucking cute. Look yeah. at it. Look at it. Look at his face. He's- he is cute. Aww. He's hiding. Oh, God. <laughs> now he'd go in the other room if we're really bugging. I don't have the answer. I wish I did. And I don't think... And then... The- you know, luckily I have husband, Ken, who tends to... You know, because I would have believed in the liberal solution. Say, what's that line again? An economic solution. To economic solution. Or spiritual, or spiritual solution, solution to economic, economic problems. problems. You know? And yet... Luckily, I have him reflecting back the other thing, you know, because Bernie Sanders, he looks, he looks like, and I believe that he truly wants the best for people, mm-hmm. you know, but as we all know, it, it, all I can think of is minimum wage. It's like, sure, you raise minimum wage from whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, double minimum wage, then your taco price doubles, oh. you know, your hamburger price doubles, your, yeah. Comedian Brian Callen said, yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard him say recently, he's like, you look at socialism. In every instance in history, it fails. And usually it ends in mass murder. <laughs> He's yes. like, and it so- usually starts out great, too. I mean, it, it starts does. out with people having revolutions for this. Mm-hmm. And and I totally get it. And especially if you're under oppression and have a dictatorship and socialism is the answer. But somehow it always swings. I think, it again, it's like religion. It becomes about man and not God. It becomes about men or man or... I can't remember where the quote comes from, but yeah, whoever says uh, every political agenda is correct until man gets involved. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would be it. So, I guess if we were trying to solve the problems of the world, we would go back to consciousness. The decisions have to be made out of a place of awareness and consciousness and not out of... um, uh, you know, I'm a Republican, so I'm going to vote this way. I'm a Democrat, I'm going to vote this way. I hate you both, I'm not going to vote at all. Which, mm-hmm. 
(laughs) (laughs) Um, That's all I've ever been. Yeah. And so, but if we can, you know, if we had leaders making decisions out of a conscious place and not out of an agenda, then then I think that would be the beginning. And I think the Baha'is, their idea was to have a universal house of justice. But one of their big things was don't get involved in politics. I mean, yeah. we didn't never talked about politics. You didn't voice your opinion. You didn't... Um, and that's funny because I still use their uh, advice on that sort of thing, you know. Um, had friends who were people who were going to go out and... Keeps you out of trouble. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know. For me, and I'll say this again, I say it over and over again, but at the state I am in, it's way more important to me, my relationships with my family, my relationship with friends. Those things are way more important than my conviction to a belief, you know? And that's not to say that if I saw someone hurting Dexter, I wouldn't get in there and punch him or, you know, do something. But as far as going out to protest a candidate that maybe my friends or my family's friends or friends of family or, or relatives or mm-hmm. to me the the unity starts at home you know the unity starts with and that's not to say like you in summer you can sit down and, and debate things you and I can debate things but at the at the core of it we're agreeing to disagree we're not yeah. you know and I don't want to be affiliated with being anti so-and-so or anti-something you know because yeah. there may be things in there that there there is truth i haven't seen a lot of it that's yeah that's what <laughs> you know? worries me about some of the stuff that i post you know prominently yeah. seems to be making fun of the more liberal side but it's because in this day and age it's you know easier to make fun of the more liberal side Sure. Uh, a few years ago, it was easier to make fun of the conservative side yeah. as they were freaking about the passport and yes. yeah, the yes. birth certificate. And yes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's yeah, like, no kidding. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Calm the fuck down. You know, or yeah, this Muslim's going to ru- yes. ruin the whole country. Right. It's like I tell people the pendulum swings. They said the same thing about Bush that he was going to yeah. start a world war that was going to kill us all. Right. Said the same thing about, about Obama. Yeah. He's making us vulnerable to other countries and they're yeah. going to take advantage of us in this right. moment of, you know, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Same thing about Trump. He's going to start a world war with North Korea. And da-da-da. and it's, I'm, yeah. I, I just look at it. And so at this point, I'm able to make fun of liberals more because, yeah, they're crying and they're freaking out. And it's like, guys, right, it's the same shit with a different face. You're right. Their side didn't win. And Ken O says, that, you didn't hear this when the Republicans go. And I was like, oh, yeah, you did. You just, you were, you know, to, I think it sounded like. When it's your side, it sounds just normal, yeah. you know, but when it's the other side, it sounds like, oh my God, I can't believe they're saying that, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure you saw the videos of Bill Clinton, right, where he's talking about border policies. Have you seen this? I have not seen that. Oh, fuck, yeah. okay. Here yeah, I'm sure it's good. Yeah. But it probably sounds just like a conservative or just the same thing that well, we're hearing. It'll play it side by right. side with Trump, right. and it's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, but again, I think, you know... Kendall not deny being hardcore conservative in his youth. I was probably hardcore lib- hardcore liberal just because I thought that was right, you know. Yeah. Um, we we can have a whole other discussion about John Denver, but you know it's no secret that I didn't have parents I strongly looked up to, and I was I looked at John Denver like my guru, my person. I and I 
WWJD it didn't mean what would Jesus do it was like what would John do and it was like well, <laughs> <laughs> that was my philosophy it was like yeah. well he you know was for the hunger project in the Sierra Club and I was a weird child I belonged to the Greenpeace project and was, all well, these things it's like I told you I uh Shit, sorry, say that one more time. What would John do? Yeah, what would John do? What would John well, do? Bam Margera, obviously, was yes. my hero. But yeah. to me, I, th- I think I've Don't told you Don't do what this. Bam would do. <laughs> no. Well, that's why for a lot of years yes. I was such a dumbass. Yeah. But to me, it was Grandpa. Okay. Like, to me, just the way that Dad worshipped Grandpa, right? Yeah. To me, the hierarchy went Grandpa, God, Dad, and me. You know, <laughs> like, in terms of authority. Like, whenever something good happened, it was like Grandpa was watching over me. Okay. I've since matured to a higher level where i realized like i think all i'll say about grandpa because i I, and i'm having again a better experience with your grandpa because he could push my buttons and he knew how to push buttons and so i have a little leftover whatever there around your grandpa yeah you know but when i do realize he was a vietnam veteran he was he went through that stuff that i watched on television and when i realized you know, family was the most important thing to him. And, um, and I think at the core, if I can see his core being, he was a great man, you know, I tend to focus too much on those, those little snide comments he made to me that hurt my feelings or, you know, how he pushed my buttons. And, and that's not who he truly was. That's just how I, as a 20 something year old, insecure mother of his grandchildren, you know, (laughs) um, took it it took it you know and he knew that and i'm not saying he didn't intentionally kind of stick it to me once in a while but um i'm not sure which one's going to be best but hold on oh i know i was gonna say about your grandfather though okay oh you're doing that but for you to truly truly honor him as a person you do have to accept his weaknesses along with his strengths and not see him as a hero. See him as this, you know, total person who had faults yeah. and weaknesses and and things. Because yeah, if you make someone a hero, you're not honoring their humanity. You're just you're just remembering only one aspect of them, not not the total picture. Sorry. Yeah, and that's well, that's definitely what I had to end up doing with Dad. You know. <laughs> yeah. Came to yeah. a point where. Uh, you, you love them to death, you know. You love them with all your heart, but right. you look at those flaws, and and that helps you forgive those, you know. Yeah. Spankings that may have been a little excessive. Yeah. <laughs> Realizing he thought he was trying to do the best for you. Yeah. But that's that saying: your imperfections are what make you perfect. You know, their imperfections make them perfect. If if they didn't have those characteristics, then they wouldn't be Jim, or they wouldn't be your grandpa, or they wouldn't be you know you or me or. Um, you know, and then when you get people starting to use your name as a verb, then you know you've hit the big time. Oh man, there he's jessing out on me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've had. He did a Jesse. <laughs> Don't do a Jesse. So yeah, you've hit the big time, man, when they start using your word as a your name as a verb or an adjective. Oh my gosh. So I mean, I'm not making excuses here, but I'm just trying to Google this speech that I know exists from Bill Clinton that's the border security, and all I'm getting are, like, results from CNN and MSNBC that are 
bullshit. Okay. <laughs> like, fuck you, YouTube. Well, you can paraphrase it if you want, but I get the idea of it because I've had... If somebody took even one of Trump's tweets and said that whoever your hero was said that, you would see it in such a different light than you see it as a Trump tweet, you know? And I'm that person, man. I just... Okay. Here we go. One of these areas is the problem of illegal immigration. We have to stop the inflow of illegals coming into our country. This administration has taken a strong stand to stiffen the protection of our borders. We will build year the difference. wall. It will do what it's supposed to do. Keep illegal immigrants out. We are increasing border controls by 50%. We're going to have a border. It's going to be a real border. We have a country. We have to have borders. We are increasing inspections to prevent the hiring of illegal immigrants. And tonight I announce I will sign an executive order to deny federal contracts to businesses that hire illegal immigrants. What are we going to do about illegal hiring? You can be very, very strong. It could be a huge financial penalty. It could be beyond a One of these guys in your... Is that the magnet? With the verify and with the... Oh, and are you for it? I'm for it. We should honor every legal immigrant here working hard to be a good citizen. But we are also a nation of laws. We have a country. We have to have laws. We either have a country or we don't. 20 yeah. year difference, same shit, different face. Donald Trump's a little more animated with it. I was going to say, it's not as good of a speaker. It's a little more palatable. <laughs> yeah. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this right. country are anyway. disturbed by the large. No, I number. get that though, and I, you know, again, it's got to go to your awareness. It's like, am I aware that I'm prejudging? You know, it's like, yeah, I'm aware of it. Doesn't mean I won't do it. It's like, I'm just pretty sure before it comes out of his mouth, it's going to be stupid, you yep. know? And and he probably could say the most intelligent thing on earth, and I'd be like, wait. Yeah, no. Someone who wrote, I know what my thing is. Do who you, wrote that for him? <laughs> do you remember me a few years ago sending you very fucking similar clips, though, but with Obama and Bush? Sure, yeah. Because I was trying to p prove to you at the point. I was like, it's the same shit with a different face. Right, right. And, and that's the way I've always seen it my whole life. I feel like I see through this paradigm that everyone else plays this game, and I'm like, this is a fucking game. Well, you're like, lucky. You spent <laughs> yourself a lot of wasted time that the rest of us got frustrated or excited and then disappointed or, um, you know. But so I get concerned that I come off as being, you know, a staunch conservative, like, or that I'm making fun of one side. And you said you don't want to seem like you're making fun of either side. It's like, I want to seem like I'm making fun of both sides evenly. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But, yes, okay, I don't mind making fun of both sides, but I don't want to alienate anyone because my personal relationships are more way more important to me than my opinions. Yeah. You know, and, and we can't help but... <laughs> If Ken's watching this, it's like we just watched a show and, and this judge made the person, whoever the, the lawyer was, say, in my opinion, at the end of everything. And she, if they didn't say in my opinion, she'd be like, in your opinion? Because really, that's pretty much anything, you know, whether you're fighting a law case and you're in, in court, it's in your opinion, you know? Yeah. It's in your opinion. I mean, you can say, okay, he wore a black coat and chances are it's not in your opinion. But, yeah. But most other things are. In my opinion. He seemed like he was being aggressive with her. Yes, in my opinion. Yeah. Right, exactly. 
And so... What do you consider aggression? Yeah, everything's yeah, so... Yeah, it's pretty know. much in your opinion. And so having friends and family and relatives and I guess I've, you know, I've got to thank Ken for that because working in Whole Foods, I was surrounded by mostly liberal, Democrat, you know, but we thought we were saving the world. I mean, the, the intentions were good, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, and then to meet Ken and um, to have the word liberal, I was not preceded, but proceeded by whack job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A liberal whack job. And now I, I say it as a joke, you know. But now I can look and see when liberals are being whack jobs. You know? uh-huh. And I can see why. Oh, my God. You earned that title yourself if you've, you, you know, with what you just said or what you just did or what you, you know, yeah. did. Well, it frustrates me to all fucking hell, though, because similar to, like, me dad telling political stuff years in advance, and then he comes around years later and he's like, Jess, did you know about the Bay of Pigs incident? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dad. I've been telling you how corrupt our government's been exactly. since I've grown up. And so, yeah, to... To be harping on you, like I said, sending you, I I was rude with it. As rude oh, as yeah. I'm being currently with the cop yeah. thing with Ken, I was rude to you about like. Oh gosh, did I tell you we we laughed our butt off at that cop thing the other day. Though. But it, but if it oh takes gosh, him, it funny. if it takes him to get through to you, that's great. It wasn't him. But wait, laughing at what cop thing? The cop thing where you know maybe if they tell you to get out of the car, you should get out of the car. You know, I mean yeah. it was. Oh, and don't. You know, don't take your girlfriend along if she's oh, mad. Oh, Chris Rock. He's got weed. Yeah, the Chris Rock video is hilarious. <laughs> that yeah. was, it was really hilarious, you know. And that's the stuff that's funny. Um, well, it's common sense. Yeah. Hey, if a police officer tells right. you to stop, right. you should maybe stop. If you don't stop, you better be prepared to yeah. get beat the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, it's, I'm not going to speak for Ken. He can have his own podcast, but I think that's all he's ever been saying in, you know, in rebuttal to anything is you know if they tell you to stop you're telling you not to run maybe i saw the one with the cup tasered his own guy today <laughs> you saw that one today <laughs> yeah yeah but you know yeah both ken son-in-laws are cops and i respect the hell out of them and they put their lives on the line and they lose sleep and they lose you know i mean what's what they have to go through on a daily basis yeah. what their wives have to go through on a daily basis and, and how they deal with it and just and then the opinion of them, you know, mm-hmm. because people are prejudiced against them and, and just thinking, I mean, there's as many cop haters out there as there, I don't know, the actual numbers, but it's people who hate Muslims or hate blacks or hate, you know. Probably more. Yes. Because. Yes, yes. And so to believe yeah. you are truly going out there and you are trying to be a peace officer or be there for a public, you know, whatever, I'm, um, defending cops they can do that themselves (laughs) but but no what ken did for me was don't want to start that debate (laughs) no not really but he gave credibility to the other side for me because i had just shut down and after working at whole foods believed you know that anybody who was you used the keyword there to the other side and that's to me the problem is yes sides having a side sides yes for me it's like it's not a side i'm not anti-cops by any means i'm anti-bad cops right right and i'm just pointing out the enormous amounts of bad cops and it's like they want to say well it's not that there's more bad cops now it's that you know uh cell phones and whatever are more prevalent it's like well okay here's the thing look at ufo sightings we've talked about this Mm -hmm. it's amazing how with the advents of technology where we have more access to take a video at any time as ever 
Suddenly these phenomenons have went down. <laughs> Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Don't see so many big, Bigfoot sightings yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cop beatings. Yeah. You know, we saw Rodney King, the one, because one fucking dude just happened to have his video camera out that time sure. of night. Now it's just through the roof. And it's like, it's it's not that it's happening now yeah. more than before. It's that it's always been happening. Right. And I don't know if it's getting worse. I don't know if it's been the same as it's ever been. But the point is that it, the light does need to be shined on it. And there are these issues. Yeah. But I know that there's good cops. I know my uncle, who's a good cop. I know Vicky, who's a great Tom, cop. Vicky, just think of those people, though, and think, you know. But they will be the first to tell you. That there's bad cops. Yeah, Bingo. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's like any other, to me, in my opinion, it's like any other trend going on right now. Nobody, maybe, maybe somebody is, but it's not as popular, not as exciting to put the videos out there of, the good cops, you know? And, 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 yeah, but I will. Yeah. I mean, I yes. honestly try to share the good right. ones as well. Right. And there are great ones. There was a Granbury police officer who uh, I think was a, the little boy like in the Granbury flood. I just recently saw that because you shared it, yes. They lost yeah. a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. and he, Yeah, they, yeah. it was great. And But it's kind of like news. What bad sucks news though is you don't see those as much. <laughs> yes. I was going to say it's like news. You hear about the bad news all the time. You don't hear about the yeah. good news. So, True. you know, maybe... Okay, let me play this one, and I'm not going to put it up on there because I don't know if I can, but just this little bit from Making a Murderer, because exactly what you just said, I was just so blown away that, I'm telling you, you need to watch this Netflix series. It's a series, so it'll yeah. take you a while. Was that you and I and Ken talking about the Chicago thing, the the police show yeah. that took place in Chicago that yeah. we should watch? Yeah. One sec, because this is what I heard. Murder is hot. That's what everyone wants. That's what the competition wants. And we're trying to beat out the other networks to get that perfect murder story. Yeah. You heard murder that? Murder is hot. Murder is hot. Murder is hot. We're, we're yeah. trying to beat out all the other networks to get the perfect murder story. Yeah. I was it's like, a, oh my, yeah. that's that's it. Yeah. And that's all, yeah. So but to if, your point. But if we go back to sides, when I talk about I was able to see the other side, I'm kind of saying that as someone... Again, six years ago, you yeah. know, because I was in this bubble, in this great bubble. But what a shock it would be, even with food, you know, you cross the border. It was like, oh, my gosh, I can't find anything organic, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, it was it was a, I lived within in this bubble for so many years. And so to me, there was pretty much that side. And then there was the other side. So it took Ken to open me up to, oh, <laughs> they're not all aliens you know, yeah. there's like people over there. Oh my God. You know, human which, beings. Yeah. yeah. Which is hilarious because most of the liberals, we claim to at that time to be about peace, love and unity, you know? And yet I had a very strong prejudice and, um, an idea about who those people were. Yeah. Their IQs were low. They were stupid. They didn't know the facts. They had, you know, I mean, about I, cops. You really thought that? No, not about cops, just about conservatives. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. I thought they were all in, in the Ozarks eating squirrels. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, seriously, this was, but that was with the labels. Now, you know, did I know conservatives? Was I, I, I think my parents were probably conservative when I was growing up. And I would say this to Ken when I met him. Well, I'm not a liberal in my personal beliefs. I am in my more my society beliefs than I am my personal beliefs, you know? Hmm. I mean, when I think of my, like, my, yeah, um, 
my morals, my moral values. Mm-hmm. I'm conservative in my moral values. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs. I didn't have sex. I didn't. I was yeah. a very conservative, conservative person. Yes, very much. You know, in my in and um, that's always been the weird fucking dichotomy for me growing up. Is I have a dad who is conservative as they come, gun toting. You know, right? Not even Republican. Not even Republican. Conservative. Yeah. Who is open to drinking and partying more than you. Right. And then I have a liberal mom who's who's conservative. As liberal as they get, but doesn't like drugs, doesn't like drinking. (laughs) Got on my ass for smoking pot the first time she caught me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh. So yeah, that's, that's all of that. But that again is our labels. You know, what it means to be a conservative, what it means to be a liberal, what it means to be a Catholic, what it means to be a, you know, mm-hmm. we're putting these labels on ourselves and going, well, I can't do that, or I don't do that, or I do do this, or I, you know, so to take those labels off and and get down to what you, really your beliefs are, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and if you start talking about it and discussing it, and which the sides can't do because they think they're having a, they think they have to be right and convince the other side of their their point but most of the time we all want the same thing whether it's in another country people especially women they just want you know their families to be fed to be happy to have a good life to, basic human rights yes basic human <laughs> rights but the right to drive after 2 p.m <laughs> whatever it takes but for most parts when you do travel the world and things like that the countries that are fun to visit are the ones that aren't identified with their nationalism really strongly or their religions, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're in Turkey, they are, they're Turkish first. They are definitely nationalistic, but but they will fight to keep, they're all Muslim, but they don't want to be a Muslim country. And they will have these big, huge protests to not be thought of as a Muslim country, you know. So it's the countries that really fight to be identified with something Mm -hmm. that they're uncomfortable to go into, you know? But the countries that are more identified with being a fun place to visit are are good people. (laughs) I just realized this thing stuck on me. (laughs) There you are. There you are. So, um, so yeah, I don't really believe in sides. I just believe that people believe they're on sides, I guess. You know? And then when you get them talking about what they really 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 think a good example um is is guns you know we you weren't there for our wedding but (laughs) part of my wedding vows were you know when i met ken i tried to deny my attraction to him and tried to turn him and tried to push him away because of his his domestic situation you know and i said you said something about guns and i yep and i said i even went as far to tell you i hate guns and by the way i'm a liberal Hoping that would just scare, <laughs> scare the heck out of it. By the way, I'm a batshit yeah. liberal. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty funny because some people at the wedding were like, you're a liberal? I was like, that's not the point. The point is I was saying this stuff in order to, you know, to try to dissuade him. But <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I wanted a BB gun when I was a kid. So I obviously understand the the fascination or wanting to have, have a gun or believe that you should be allowed to have one. But... Um, but he once explained it to me in a way that it's it was so it was so peace loving that it sounded liberal, you know. Is it, and that's what I'm saying. All these values and all these ideas can mix together and not be not be in competition with each other and not be in argument with each other. But he said, you know, if I was somewhere and I had a gun and I saw that's what I was going to say. Yes. Is, look, if you look at the majority of 
incidents that are, you know, tragedies that are stopped, they're stopped because of a citizen right. that had a firearm, exactly. that acted yes. in the moment. Now, am I saying that I should have a gun, that I should take that responsibility upon myself? Right. Fuck no. You don't want the responsibility. <laughs> I don't right. want the responsibility. Yeah. Not yeah. only do I not want the responsibility, yeah. I don't. I honestly don't think that I should have or could handle that responsibility. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of a pussy. Yeah. So... Right. My cousin Jeremy, on the other hand, yes. is an individual that I would love, and I don't know if he does, yeah. but I hope that he would walk around with a gun all yeah. the time, because yeah. he's basically a fucking walking police officer right. anyway, you know, right. or I wish he was, you know? Yeah. So there's people that are built for that, people that aren't. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone should have a gun, but thank God for some of the people that sure. do, because they... Yeah. And then, yeah. But perhaps, you know, people were like me, and they just heard the word gun, and you think, murder. You know, you don't yeah. think gun and go... Saving lives, keeping peace. Yeah, you know. But then you don't hear that, like you know, Chicago. Oh, where guns are outlawed, right. one of the biggest murder rates in the nation. Yes. Funny how that works. Well, it's that same thing as if you know, if you outlaw guns, only criminals will have guns. I, I get that. Yeah, you know, I get that. I don't know. I'm not an expert on gun laws and whether they need to be stricter or not. Probably, you know. Probably things need to happen. I know. Um. I know a few years ago you could sell a gun on Craigslist to anybody. Yeah, and, and and to me that kind of goes well. Maybe that's maybe that's not such a good idea. I agree. You know. I, yeah. I don't know. Give me. <laughs> and that's one of the problem. I don't know. It's a problem. But Aunt Lil and I were talking about at the gym this morning. I can be convinced either way, pretty much with anything. You know, whether that makes me wishy-washy. Or open-minded, I don't know. You know, you could defend either one. Just don't end up in an interrogation room with the police. Well, I was going to say, you know, if I was on a jury and this lawyer comes out, because I'm watching those shows, and there was even that movie with um, Ben Affleck. Was it Gone Girl, I think? Yeah, that was And they a good movie. really played with that part of our emotions because you're just like, oh, this poor guy, or oh, yeah. you know, this and that. And, and then, you know, you see this evidence, and then you're like, oh. No, it's mm-hmm. not what I thought. It's totally opposite of what I thought. And then it, I mean, it took, it kept taking you back and back and forth. And for me, it made me realize, yeah, how easy we are influenced by, without knowing the whole facts, you just get part of the story. Oh, fuck, yeah. dude. You, you know how many headlines I read on Facebook that I don't even read the fucking article? I just take the headline. Oh, no, sure. Like, yep, share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll admit it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, uh, like you said, uh, information that you don't get the full story from, which I try to be cognizant of the fact that there's two sides to every story. Right. And so I try to subscribe to all of the news networks, yeah. CNN as well as Fox. But as we're never getting the truth, though, you know? Never fully. And you'll, like when a shooting like that, when again, son-in-law said that, that, the facts will change so many times what they'll find out, you know? And, and I don't know that the public will ever know what the cops learned in their briefings or what the real truth was. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't need to know, you know? One a point that I never finished, what I was going to say is to my thing with cops, as paranoid as I am with them, like I've explained as well, I have experience on both sides. Like, I criticize cops because I've seen police corruption firsthand. However, I also am thankful to cops because I was never treated with anything but... Except for the one time a guy diddled me. <laughs> there was one time. You're not even black. <laughs> not even black. But that was, he diddled me instead of beating me to death. Or, you know, tasering yeah. me or shooting yeah. me for grabbing my wallet, you know. Yeah. That's the thing where I'm thankful. Um, but how much of that's white privilege, so I don't know. Yeah. That's a whole other, whole other line. Whole other can of worms. Whole other. Won't crack open. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I don't have the answers to that stuff. But, you know, all I know is whether you say good cops, bad cops, it's like you could say that about nurses. You could say that about doctors. You yeah, could say like that nurses about, that kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in any organization, because people are people, humans are humans, and and you're going to find good people and bad people in all all walks of life. So Perks of recording a podcast right next to the fire department. Yeah, you <laughs> think we're in like some big metropolis or something. So I had some questions. Uh, sorry, I'm not interrupting your nope. thought, right? I had, I had a few questions I thought of off the bat, and then I had some that um, to resort to. But you brought up your childhood, and that's where I said we're definitely going to go back there. What did you want to be when you grew up as you, as a kid? So you were saying as you've become who you were as a kid, as an adult, but as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? There you go. When you think about it, it's like the two things that came, just the titles, without knowing anything about what the job actually entailed, mm -hmm. was um, a stewardess, a flight attendant, they okay. call it now, but at the time, stewardess. That makes sense. And a park ranger. <laughs> yeah. So then... So you knew who the fuck you were at a young age. Like, I wanted to be an astronaut yeah, or some yeah. shit, you know? But the thing is, okay, so then, turn out... And I, I have, no, no, no. I, I wanted to be a veterinarian, which okay. I love animals, but yes. I'm no fucking doctor. I think maybe that thought had crossed my mind, too. But but stewardess or park ranger were the two main things that, that came to mind, and... I don't know how many flights I've been on in my life. I mean, I, I haven't counted, but I'm afraid to fly. I mean, I am still... <laughs> no, really? Uh, oh, God, yeah. Um, Aunt Lil knows this. I mean, my nightmares, if I'm going to conjure up a nightmare, it's going to be about a plane. That can you don't like me. the window seat, huh? I do like the window oh, seat. Okay. And I think it's a control thing. I don't like the aisle thing because then my mind starts playing tricks like, are we off the ground or are we near the ground? You know, uh, is the plane getting lower? You have to see things, where you are. Yeah, yeah. I like the window, too. Yeah. I don't know if it's and, and once... Once I get up there, then I get caught up in the the majesty of it all. I mean, I never take it for granted. That, you know, whoever the, was that Louis C.K. or one of the guys, oh, you know, you're flying through the air at 700 miles an hour in a, in a recliner, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky, if the rest of us have small chairs. Yeah. But, but, but I never get over the awe and wonder of flying. Like, this is so freaking cool. But. It's really fucking trippy. But Especially I, if you're stoned. <laughs> well, I have tried Valium before, and it, oh. it was easier on you know on lorazepam or that no, wasn't lorazepam, diazepam or something. But um, but yeah, so flight attendant, nee, probably not a good idea. You know that every time the little bell goes ding and somebody wants a glass of water, I'm pretty sure that the plane is plunging into the ocean, and that's a code from the, uh, <laughs> the pilot to the yeah. flight attendants that we're all going to die. But I have learned to control my mind around it and go, okay, hello, you are just focusing and you're making yourself, making yourself crazy here. So um, that noise is the fucking laundromat there. Have okay. you ever seen that? Oh, I that? see it. The steam's coming out it's of the roof now. It's crazy how yeah, much the it steam's expels. coming out of the roof. You should see it on a cold day because it's hot. It looks fucking insane. It looks like a geyser. Yeah, I can see it now, and it must be cold enough. It's doing it. But so that all makes sense. Well, no, and then park ranger, same, you know, same thing. I want to be out there and you know in the national parks and but chances are you're gonna get you know stuck going around making people move their tents all day or taking tolls at a booth or you know yeah so 
That doesn't sound like a bad gig, bro. Mm. Not your not your deal. You know, the public at their worst. Oh, uh, yeah. You're going to see the public. Maybe, you, dude, maybe. You, you worked retail. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm not saying. And then, <laughs> so what did I do? I became a travel agent, which sounded, you know, I. this is how I decided my career. I graduated high school. I didn't want to go to any more school. Um, I flipped open the phone book to schools, you know, which is the shortest one, dental hygienist or travel agent. Yeah. I think that was my choices. And it was like, I love maps. I like to travel. So... That's what I did, and I was there for 24 years because of that. And it was awesome for you? Um, yeah, the, the day-to-day drudgery was so, hard. But and, the perks? But the perks were good. I didn't take advantage of them because you guys were little, and we didn't have much money. And Sorry I ruined your life, Mom. No, 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 not <laughs> you. And so I once heard a flight attendant describe her job as a glorified waitress. You know, she said, yeah, somebody, she, here I am searching for glory she's looking for the potato rolling down between the seats because that's you know they get great perks but that's their reality day to day is is cleaning up the barf bags and and things like that sounds awesome yeah <laughs> so i don't know what i probably should have done was something in the, in the field of psychology because mm-hmm. like you i enjoy having these deep meaningful discussions and and being a philosopher and um and when i did go back to school i took a concentration in psychology and i love those classes you know it's too much school yeah yeah too much school and i really hate school <laughs> i enjoyed the heck out of it i like learning i hate school i like that i liked learning but for me math was not fun and i really you know i've told so many people, this only thing standing between me and a degree is an algebra credit, you know. Yeah. But to get that algebra credit, I had to take a prerequisite or two. And then I was on the track, man. I got the geology, the science credit out of the way, and I was going to get the math credit. And then I went to Turkey with Tony, and then I was going to do it that following fall. And then I met Ken, and then I started traveling. It's like... Can you still do it? I probably could, but I think a lot of the classes have fallen by the wayside, and then you have to start redoing them. Uh, They've timed out. Yeah. Because you know? this is a 20-year process. I mean, I took 20 years to get a two-year degree. <laughs> I get a record. Sucks. But I'm, I'm, I want the degree, and I, I want, you know, I, I'd love to say I had the degree yeah. or something, because I think there's a lot of people out there who aren't as knowledgeable or aren't even, they just got, went through, what is it, B's and C's or C's yeah. and D's, get degrees. Yeah. And I really was, love learning, and the first time I took a humanities class, I was just like, oh my God, the world's been opened up. This all makes sense to me. And I, you know, but I was 35 years old. I was the one raising my hand, all the 18 year olds, which she just shut up. So we, you know, go on yeah. to the next thing. Oh God, you were that. I was that oh. person probably. And I learned to speak in public though and do public speaking. And, and so I do not regret any, any, any of the classes I took, but I started realizing my learning was going to happen through traveling and through going and seeing these places, not through learning about it in books. First hand. Yeah. I'm still, I don't know. There's going to be a part of me that wishes I had a degree my whole life because, yeah, I'd love to be Don Mitchell PhD, you know, uh, or Don Mitchell whatever. Yeah. But I've got some funky letters. I went back and did the holistic health practitioner certification. and Reiki. Reiki master. Um, yeah. So I Tell got, us about that. Reiki, I... What I, is Reiki? Reiki is just harnessing energy that's around all of us and kind of bringing it in and directing directing it to a place. 
and I took Healing Touch maybe 10 years before I took Reiki and it's the exact same thing. Um, just maybe the hand positions are a little different than where you're taking this energy and directing it to one place or another. I thought it was total BS and I went through the motions. First time I took Healing Touch, really didn't have any experience with it. And what made me take Reiki? I don't know. Um, been at Whole Foods looking for something new, bored, mm. looking for a new class to take without too much of a commitment. And had some really interesting experiences with Reiki and started actually feeling that energy. And I just say, oh, this isn't imaginary. This isn't woo-woo. This isn't, it's truly, you know, your auras around you, your energy field, you got your body. And then around you, you, you have your energy. And I started working with people and I've, I've closed my eyes and I feel like I bumped into something. And I'd be like, there's nothing there. And um, it would just be like something in the energy field. And, and so, um, and then I liked Reiki because unlike Healing Touch, they said even if, you're, even if you're sitting there doing Reiki on a person and you're thinking about the movie you watched last night, it's still working on that person. You're just being a conduit. So I was like, oh, shoot. There's, you can't really do it wrong. You know, yeah. you could do it good by helping people and giving them insight and input and things like that. I was once doing it on... Um, it's hard to fuck up playing with energy, yeah, huh? Yeah, And once you, you know, it's like there's nothing to believe in or not believe in or you don't have to, again, subscribe to a certain philosophy. You're just, yeah, you're you're just being a conduit for this energy. And, and I would start feeling it. You know, my hands would tingle and... Um, Michelle and I did at the same time, my friend Michelle, so we were Reiki buddies, but when we do it on each other, her hands would get so hot, like, I had an earache one day and she put her hands on my, you know, ears, and you would actually feel how it works, I don't know, you know, and I don't really care. Yeah. It's, um... I mean, I definitely believe in energy, I definitely, ah. Uh, yeah. I definitely. <laughs> Definitely, I'm definitely, definitely, definite. definitely believe in energy. I definitely do. Uh, I like, I like really definitely believe like in energy. Definitely believe like, in energy. Yeah. No, but I believe in energy. I feel every, everyone should have these moments in their life where they feel energy. Especially if you've ever performed live, you'll feel there energy. There you go. Going to a yes. WWE event. Yes. If you've never went to a wrestling event, that's why I had to take Daniel before mm -hmm. I left while we were still here. Uh, whether he enjoyed it or not, I don't know. But yeah. there's nothing like being at a live WWE event because of the fucking energy of yeah. the fans, yeah. of the collective energy of right. those thousands of people exactly. all honed in on this yep. one experience. Yep. There's yeah. nothing like it. It's like, that's why we go to concerts. I mean, yeah. let's think about it. We can get, you know, you can get the DVD and you can see them up close and the sound quality is better and this and that. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing like that collective energy and it can be bad too you know oh yeah collective bad energy that's how riots start oh and that's i fe how you felt it with a person when you're in a discussion and maybe yes. you say something that pisses them off and you feel the room turn yes that's yes. the turn the yeah. term for it right yeah and that's I a literal so. sense because i've felt that yeah we've all felt that where yeah. you're and and it's it's like oh shit it can go one way right an argument can start here or yeah. I should just walk away yeah, or that's all energy. Yeah. And how often if you know, somebody been smiling at you and saying something but but you just you just know that that I always say it's not congruent. There and for me, being a little intuitive and I'm not highly, highly intuitive, I think intuition can be built too. I think some people might be born highly intuitive, but after doing Reiki and being in in that and doing it more and more, I start getting more and more intuitive and sometimes I didn't like it. 
I mean, I flat out working in retail, like you said, and people come up to me and they have a smile on their face and they're saying everything right. And I'm like, something's off, you know? And it was just a, it was a confusing feeling for me, you know, to to have people say one thing and you're feeling another. And then I, I even have a few woo woo experiences like, you know, you know, somebody's going to call before they called or I'd be being paranoid about something and it would kind of happen. I was like, okay. I, that's why I started saying I wanted to play in the shallow end. It's like, okay, this is too much work. I don't have time for all this intuition. I, yeah. I just, I don't really want to do this right now, you know? I don't want to be this yeah. conscious. Yeah, <laughs> if someone lies to me, I just want to take them at face value. I don't want to be going. And another thing is when you're a female and you're hormonal and or, or you're, you know, you meet a new guy and you're jealous, it's like, okay, is this intuition or is this paranoia or is this intuition or is this PMS or is it, you know? Yeah. And, and so to try to figure that out, crap out and yeah and so um and you said that it's a choice earlier though you said it's a choice to be that aware right and that's why i was saying wouldn't it be nice to choose to be that unaware though yeah because sometimes i feel like if i could go back like you just explained in the sure. literal sense of the term ignorance is bliss yeah and before i knew that eating a bag of doritos wasn't healthy for me it didn't bug me right so how it's like I don't. I almost wish I could get hit in the right place in the head, you know, and just like go back a step. I don't know. I think there's selective awareness because as a retail worker, I I just put up such a wall that you know well, you'd meet a person once in a while that maybe you'd want to have a genuine conversation with, but for the most part, you don't want to be having a heart to heart with every person you meet. I mean it would be Yeah. You know, and and then that's probably wrong. Maybe we should be trying to have genuine experiences in every moment, but but just to get through the day and to get through the work and to do the job I had to do, I had to totally like almost be a asshole, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean just be cold and uncaring and and you imagine know, you worked in Whole Foods where your clientele was a little bit more upscale. Now imagine working in Big Lots where there were people coming in there with some... Yeah. That seemed like they had some real needs. You well, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I work in King Supers now where I do my demos in there for a few hours. And and everyone has a different personality. And I won't oh, go through all those and bore... good collective of yes. clientele. Oh my gosh. And I wouldn't bore everybody with it. But but the difference, it's it's... And again, like I said, if I was to go back and go to school and do something, it would probably be in the philosophy psychology department you know um and i i that's how i get myself through a few hours it's just watching people and and um well, and being amused and entertained and you know didn't you and dad someone told me that you guys used to go to just to the airport and just people watch yes yes yeah so, yeah, we used to do it for entertainment. We didn't have money, so we'd go to the airport. Which, know. that's what, like part of my favorite thing about going to shows or concerts mm-hmm. is going early and watching people show up. Yeah. And, yeah. Especially because I end up going to a lot of events alone. Yeah. Well. The, the lone Jesse. <laughs> and it's, it is. It's an entertainment value of itself. It is. And again, playing in the shallow end, as I'll call it, instead of... Um, trying to be an enlightened human being at all moments, you know. Because for a while, after doing chanting and meditation and retreats and, and doing my Hare Krishna, <laughs> you know, I was never Hare Krishna for those listening, but I... We should know, do a chant before this is yeah, over, dude. I know you can, I remember you can get me to do one. Yeah, but so then I, you know, to be in that spiritual superiority place of I don't 
talk about people and I don't judge and I don't, you know, and I've allowed myself now, you know, you know, that where you just talk about people and, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing it to be mean, but people watching and, and just, you know, either making up stories or commenting on their hair or their boots or, you know, I hate to say it, their weight or their height or their lack of height, which, you know, I'm vertically <laughs> challenged, but, but, you know, just to, it's not being mean spirited. It's just, it's probably as maybe a comedian would do, but, but I allow myself to do that more, you know, yeah. now just go, holy crap, who dressed them? Instead of going, you know, they're allowed to dress any way they want. Exactly. So not you know. And, You're not such a fucking tight ass. Yeah. And yeah. so what do you attribute that to, Ken? Oh, uh, no. Good. No, no, <laughs> no. Because Sorry, I... Sorry, Ken, don't want to give you credit. Yeah. Um... No, because within the few months before I met him, that was it. I started going, I'm not reading any more self-help books. I'm, you know, I attribute it probably to having a bad ending with all my my spiritual, you know, uh, with my Lions people and, and all yeah. these people I subscribe to. But now I've learned not to throw the baby away with the bathwater. All those experiences were so helpful. and I, And now I've been able to call back on them and draw upon them and to use them and to find... Again, find the truth in it. Yeah. But I had to have that period of whatever to separate the truth from the bullshit. Yeah. From the bull crap. And I don't think the I pendulum would... pendulum had to swing. Yes. And I don't think I would have been ready to meet Ken or to be open-minded had I not had those few months of... I call it rumspringer, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what the, what the Amish do when they go out there. And I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't, you know, sleeping around. But I did just give myself permission to... To quit being so serious about things, you know? such a tight ass. Yeah, but these are <laughs> such a tight ass, you know. But I identified. That's what we were talking about at the very beginning of this. I identified with certain groups and how you act when you're in these certain groups, or what these people would think of me if they saw me do this. But so it was your falling out with these other spiritual. Yeah. Guru guiders mm-hmm. or, you know, your groups that you were into. Your falling outs with them or what influenced you to just kind of say, like, fuck it for a while? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And ironically, most of them that I know now have had their own rumspringer in their own way. You yeah, know? isn't that hilarious? Yes, it's hilarious because I was so afraid of what they were going to think of me. And some of them, you know, had even a bigger rumspringer than I did, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, the way that I can relate to empathize in a selfish yes. way right yes is uh in high school when i became a stoner like all my friends at the time the skater kids it wasn't cool you yeah. know because we were all straight edge teenage kids okay. and they were like oh my god jesse you know yeah and i kind of got outcast yeah and come however many years later they're the bigger stoners they're, they're bigger stoners yeah i'm watching yeah. them yeah. growing plants and posting pictures yeah. and i'm like ah. well, <laughs> you guys took that to a whole other level i think that's when you can Almost see a truly enlightened person is it when... It pissed me off, though. It pissed yeah. me off because I was like... Sure. What the fuck? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So well, did you feel the same way? Like, hey, I... I. No, I didn't. I looked at <laughs> it like... We were all kind of under a spell at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And... And, um, and then after that spell was broken, we kind of swung the other way really hard for a while. However yeah. that looked for people. For me, it was just... In the forms of like 
<laughs> yeah, here's my big rebellion, but like getting off the daily ohm on my email. It's like, I don't want the meditation every morning, you know, <laughs> or, um, or, or walking by, you know, yeah, <laughs> or walking by these calendars of these gurus and going, no, I'm buying kittens this year. <laughs> I know. Big rebellion, right? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, uh, that's a beautiful hostility to have. But here, here's how you know where you really, you know, who you really are. Then after you've done all that, go, oh, I, I'm not back on Daily Home. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just don't have time. But to go back and go, oh, yeah, I I went to see Trevor Hall, who's a musician, and, and I definitely, <laughs> I like definitely recommend him. But I didn't even know. I just thought, oh, there's this concert up in Mishawaka, and, and this guy, I Googled him, he's... I thought I'd heard a song or two by him. I get up there and he's doing Hare Krishna and and, and, um, my Baba, my guru. And I'm going, I speak his language, you know? Yeah. But but to appreciate this, to take the parts of it that's useful for you. And that's how I knew I was okay. It's like, oh, I miss this or I I miss that part of the program. But I don't, again, miss the other BS that went with it. There's There's just parts of it I really miss. And... Um, you know, go back to Catholicism and things. For me, growing up a Catholic, I didn't like going to church. It was about sitting still, about not talking about... And I was, from a young, young age, you know, maybe this is who I am, but um, a rebel, you know. If they told me I should kneel, I wanted to stand. If they told me stand, I wanted to kneel. Now, I didn't want anybody to see me being a rebel because what will they think of me? (laughs) But my internal rebel would walk by the holy water every Sunday and not touch it because I wasn't going to do it because I was supposed to do it. I just hated already the ritual and tradition ceremony being being obligatory. Why did you hate it? What about it that you you, made you want to rebel against it? Probably that I was born into it and didn't choose it. You know? And I say common sense, but I mean... (laughs) I think for Summer, I I don't know the whole history, but I know her grandfather. He chose to be a Catholic. I mean, yeah. he looked at it, chose it, gave it all his heart and soul. And so she's got a good influence there. I have this, you know, it came from the old country. Our parents did it because they were told to do it. They There was such shame and guilt and um, whatever around it that, that to me it had a negative connotation, you know. And I wanted to break free from that tyranny you know and go on and and then your dad and i we discovered the newman center in arizona which was um catholic light there were no kneelers there was guitars we (laughs) went and volunteered at the children's hospital we the priest went on hikes with us and went swimming in their speedos i mean it was father jerry oh it's part of it you do know father jerry's not a priest anymore right uh, you Did told we me break that, the news to your dad? Yeah, Yeah, you told me that you yeah. got married. I don't know if dad knows that. Yeah, we need married, to make right? sure to tell your dad that. I might have told him. Uh, Father Albert, Father Dominic, Father Jerry. And so... Yeah. And so that, that appeased me for a while. Like, okay, we're living our truth. We're not doing it because somebody's telling us to do it. You yeah. Know? And I guess you'll hear me say those words all the time, living your truth. Because to me, that's really, really important, is doing it because it's coming from that consciousness that you feel not not because it's being forced upon you or yeah you know or it's the right thing to do or what would people think of me or or whatever so 
Yeah. That's how it was for me in high school. I mean, pursuing Christianity, which looking back on it, that could have been, you know, God's way of getting involved in my life. Or is, sure. you know, I got pushed, the universe yeah. pushed me into this direction because it wasn't, granted, I can tell you exactly what it was getting off the bus stop because uh, the bus stop for us was at the high school. And right across the street from the high school was the youth house. Mm -hmm. And they set up a table and big fucking sign, free ice cream sandwiches. There you go. Got me. I, you know. You got free food. Yep. And it was free pizza, free, yeah. And I was like. it's not an accident that they do that. You know, you get some hungry kids. And for me, I would say, and this has happened to me in all of the changes I've made is in regards to religion, the music made me do it. Yeah. You know, you know my weakness. I mean, the music made me do it. I got interested in Baha'i faith because of the music. And then when I went down to Lions, um, it was the music. It's sedu- I was seduced by the music. And I'll put up with a lot for the music. <laughs> for good music? For good music, <laughs> yeah. And when I went to the Newman Center, in, in, um, which was Catholic Light, the, it, it was the music that got me there and kept me there. And so music will go a long way in persuasion for me. And so, yeah, got good music. I'll, I'll listen to your message, maybe, is how that goes. I don't yeah. know. Put it to me musically. But to answer that original question of what I want to be when I grow up, what I probably should have been was something to do with music. You know, what's my, what will be my big lifetime regret? And you're doing it, at least. You're getting out there on an amateur level and putting yourself out there. But what will I regret? What, you know, what will bring tears to my eyes? Or when I, you know, be like, oh, I should... That should be me. I should be Judy Collins. I don't know if you know who she is, but no. she's she's an older woman now. She's in her 70s, but she sat down to her piano, and she played this beautiful song. Ken and I put it on YouTube one day. Yeah, do the Blizzard, Blizzard by Judy Collins. And, again, John Denver led me to it. They just released him doing a remake of it, and so I looked up the original. And, um, and to watch that gift of her playing piano and just singing and... And it, there's this sadness inside me, like, ah, I should have been Judy Collins. And then you start reading about her personal life, and her son committed suicide. Oh. And I'm like, my sons are still alive. And she went through a horrible divorce, and, you know, I've gone through a divorce. But um, I guess what I'm saying is even though her life looks magical to me, her career might be magical, but her personal life was... I bet she feels the same amount of sadness on a daily basis, or more than I do, you know. And um, oh God, we gotta get. Okay, hold on. Yeah, but I have no one to blame except my own insecurities for not being musical. I don't know how much of this song we could play before we kick kicked off YouTube. Okay. So it's a seven-minute song. So what part of the song would you prefer to hear? <laughs> uh oh, is this the blizzard? Yes. Um. You like the beginning of the song, end of the song, middle of the song? <laughs> think about it. It tells a story, and it's a really good story. And she wrote it, which makes it even even better. I'm thinking we play like 15 seconds. <laughs> Go. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll play the beginning, because okay. it'll show her piano prowess. Do you want for us? I do. Would you like to hear a song? Great. Yeah. Kami YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even a big fan. There's just something about watching her that brought out that. Just joking, YouTube. <laughs> brought out that whatever in me. Like, you know, just the joy of watching someone have that come through them. 
got some. You know, and this is her in her 70s, in her 20s, her 30s, her 40s. She was, she was, you know, pretty hot. And I'm not saying like she's the greatest thing on earth. There was just something about that going. That's what I was meant to do. And and I'll always, you know, probably to my deathbed regret. Oh, I didn't didn't do that, you know. Yeah. Which is why I got a piano and forced Daniel to take ten years of lessons and why I'm just thrilled to death seeing you at open mic night because to me I'm still awestruck by someone's ability to get up there and do that, you know. Yeah, you tear up and shit. I do. That's I do. Pretty gay. That's what I'm saying. When you know that it's touching <laughs> I something I mean gay isn't happy. It's very it's a very happy <laughs> moment. <laughs> when you know it touches something in such a deep part of you that that yeah when it said oh i want to be a stewardess or a flight attendant or a travel you know but but i think truly what i wanted to be was musician i just didn't know it i was in kindergarten and was singing you know you go to kindergarten you're singing and the teacher sends home a note yeah she's a joy to have in class but she sings all day (laughs) (laughs) and and what's the dan fogelberg lyric (sighs) for which one he's so uh, respects me when I work. Oh, but he exactly. So me when I he sing. so loves me when yeah. He respects me when I work, but he so loves me when I sing. And I think he took that from somewhere. I thought it was original, but he, but uh, yeah, magic sure. every moment. He res- that was perfect. And and maybe that was the age. And I'm not blaming anyone again, but that was the age where I got the message. You know, if you've ever read the Four Agreements, you know, we're all again. There I was in my state of being. You know, who I'm supposed to be, and then you get that message of. I'm going to tear up again, but that <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. You're at school. You don't sing yeah. at school, you know? And I, I catch myself doing it now at work, and I'm like, I let myself do it. If I'm at King Supers and I'm singing with the radio, it's like, I'm going to sing along with the radio, yeah. you know? And so I kind of let myself do that. Although you do kind of border on, like, maybe looking like you're a little schizophrenic if you, you know. Well, for but, what it's worth, uh, when I worked grocery, I used to go behind the baler and cry. So, <laughs> uh, well, at Whole Foods, it was um, an admirer trait to be yourself and to you know, we had cashiers who'd sing and people who would do stuff, and and it was kind of again that subculture of of whatever. I think because of Grandma and her music, and how you know I don't want to get too deep on that. But I've been very embarrassed for her. Why? Oh my gosh, because she used to drag her tape recorder around to picnics and make people listen, and we'd all just roll our eyes. And, hmm. and you know, to me... But it's I, the same thing people do to me. I mean, I... Let's see, be honest, again, maybe I need to throw your face on her every time she sings, and I'll... Please do. I'll heal that part of me, because I have been just mortified and embarrassed by... Her singing. You should be mortified and embarrassed by me. I'm not. I'm just so proud of you. So there I know you go. that's the I thing. Know. Though, is you love me, and it's like right, right. My shit, which I like as well. Actually, by the way, you know, I yeah, didn't, I didn't record it because for no reason. Well, some of it I can admit sounds terrible, but yeah, especially some of the most recent stuff is amateurly recorded as it still is. I recorded it for a reason. I like it. Yeah, but. It sucks, yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Some of the earlier stuff I'd have to agree with you, but I've watched you improve, and I've watched you... I I think I told Ken that, was, I don't know if it was the night I opened mic night or when, but it was like, when you announced to me in high school, I'm going to go do talent show tonight, and I was like, oh my God, yeah. you know, I was so scared for you. and um, But you did it. You went up there and you did it, and you, you know, and... I I have that desire to do it, but I have this problem where I just like freeze up and I can't remember who I am and how to play the next C chord and the next chord that comes after. And 
And yes. so, yeah, so I go blank, and that's, I've gotten better at public speaking because I've taken myself, it's like I have this message I need to tell people, get over yourself, they're not looking at your hair, looking at your shoes, or maybe they are, but who cares, I need to tell them I volunteered in Costa Rica at Whole Planet Foundation. Yeah. So I've been able to speak to the whole store and get out of my own way. But I can't get out of my own way when it comes to music because it's so important to me. And I don't want to do it bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? And if I can't can't give it the whatever, the respect or the... Like, yeah. The and performance you yes. feel it deserves. And there's ego, you know. So that's total. Yeah. That's something to total, total work, work on. And um, Well, that's why I don't put out or play as much as I do for that same reason. It's like at a certain age, I'm like, at 27... You know, like I said, there's people putting at 16 that were making real professional music. Sure. I'm still putting out shit that it sounds yeah, like, you know. Yeah, for you for having the guts. There's 12-year-olds on their cell phones that make better music than yeah. me these days. So There's some really good people out there, and it's really obvious now, too. It's just, yeah, it's discouraging. <laughs> but what I always used to encourage you with, I didn't encourage myself with, and that was, you know, you don't have to have the voice of so-and-so, and, you know, I tell you look at Neil Young and look at you know look at these people um who just really don't have great voices and and now with females I could say same thing about Lucinda Williams I think you know she sounds sounds like she got out of the but yet I love listening to her and why do you love listening to her because it's her she's putting herself out there and it is real and it's her well it's like you said what's his name that you went and saw the old fuck actor Gordon No, no actor Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. Oh, God, yeah. We were mesmerized and held, you know, in yeah. rapture by him. Or... He sounds like a bag of fucking gravel. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. But it's it's authentic, it's real, and it's, yeah. So I don't know. Nobody wants to go to a concert and hear a perfect little voice, you know, that's yeah. boring. So, so whatever that element is of a person's soul that they're able to convey to the audience that's what we go there for yep and i've never found the way to you know it, it, it's it's so stupid but it's it's my biggest insecurity or my biggest fear it's like if i never do it then there's the chance that maybe i don't suck you know but once you do it yeah. and you suck then you've sucked and to destroy you know it's like i, I know good for you though <laughs> but i can still hold on to that dream and have that dream that maybe you know, I would get up there and miraculously be wonderful or something. So, so good for you. I give you credit for that. So, when I was a kid, like teenager, I played music because of you. Obviously, you said you know ten years of piano lessons for Daniel, right? Yeah. I, I took how many? Eighteen months. Eighteen months, not even two years, which. But I still saw in you a different musical. I don't want to say talent, but you know Daniel, lists, he approaches music methodically, like you would playing a video game, and it has the desired out. He's better at video games than me too. Yeah, by the way. yeah, yeah. He has this great hand, I think, and it has a desired outcome for you. I saw at a young age that thing that I had, which was there's music, and you you just lose yourself, you know, and yeah. you were you know under two years old when I'd watch that happen with you it, whether we'd be down at the park or somewhere and it was just like you know music and um, and I recognized that in you because I had that I also recognized after 18 months that the piano lessons weren't gonna 
I don't know, you wanted to do it your own way. Yeah. And it was going to have to be that way. Now, looking back, maybe we should have regretted it or maybe we should because, again, Judy Collins here, she was a classical pianist, you know, yeah. and then these people take this harsh training. They had the Indigo Girls, one, one of them had to take classical guitar and they can take that stuff and turn it into a profession or, or it makes them a better, it makes what they like to do, makes them better what they like to do. Yeah, absolutely. I but mean. yeah, on the other hand, I think for you, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe it, I was probably just putting myself in your place, or you know, feeling your feelings, or, or, or projecting your feelings on me. But I didn't want to take something that you loved and make it no fun. You yeah. know, it was like I appreciate it because that's like with guitar. If I took a guitar lesson, which I took some at the Chilson Center, uh, I think maybe me and Summer talked about that, yeah. and it sucked because yeah. they're telling me how to play and what to play, and it's the right. same way with art. Yeah, art was ruined for me. I was not a bad artist for my age, right. right? Up until a certain point, and I gotta admit to this day, I'm a shitty artist because at a certain point, someone was telling me I think it was like I was drawing hands wrong. Oh, was that it, or am I stealing that story from someone else? <laughs> I think I'm stealing that story from someone okay. else. But it's the same feeling. It was the same feeling though. In in an art class, they were telling me I was drawing it was faces wrong. You know, okay. the way I was drawing the nose or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like. This is my fucking art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I got practicing art, but when it was literally middle school or whatever mm -hmm. it was, uh, art's supposed to be fun. Right, you know? right. But we all hear those stories how someone told Meryl Streep she was ugly and she should, could never act. And, you know, yeah, ask me my favorite actress. It's going to be Meryl Streep. I respect her acting ability immensely, you know, or you, all these people who were told... Yeah. You know, I'm sure somebody told Neil Young it's not like screeching cats somewhere along the way or you know, yeah. I mean everybody was famous has been told at one time, you know, who was it Thomas Edison or somebody's parents told me he was retarded, was it Einstein or uh, well, you know? I, Einstein uh, I think yeah was told in school that he was special because so. he is. He yeah. was autistic. But at the age yeah. at that time they didn't understand what right. that was. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I just read that one about I don't even know who it was. It was someone famous who brought a note home, you know, your child's no longer welcome back at school, and, you know, they have special needs and this and that, and they asked his mom what to say. They said, oh, you are just so much smarter than the rest of the kids, and I'm going to teach you at home and this and that. You know, he yeah. grew up believing that and found out, like, 50 years later. <laughs> Perception, though. Yes. That's a beautiful fucking yes. upbringing. Isn't that wonderful, <laughs> you know? Dexter stared me down for a minute. <laughs> So yeah, What's I think up, buddy? I think that Good was morning. where I couldn't make you, you know, I just didn't want, I didn't like seeing you associate music with something unpleasant. And, One, and I like know. I said, I appreciate it because then that's where I was able to take guitar and make it what I love. Yeah. And while I'm not the, not great by any means, I play, what I play I enjoy. Um, and then I'll admit, a lot of it's out of laziness. Because if I really took time to practice every day, you know, right. Mickey showed me one day, he's like, yeah, practice your fingering right. up the... Right. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's hard. I like I know. chords. I know. I like... Dah, dah, I know. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so yeah. I gravitated to this punk rock or alternative mm -hmm. rock and... Just made it, yeah. But it's what I like. Ken and I talk about that all the time because we have similar work ethics like that. That's, I mean, he's, you know... Work until ten o'clock at night, but that, not that kind of work ethic. But, 
but when it comes to being good at something and um, being the best at what you yeah, do, yeah, yeah. I, ne- I mean, it's not for lack of trying, but that's something that I was talking about. Yeah. Is I was never the best at anything I did. Yeah. <laughs> not for lack of trying in a lot of instances. You know, I skated my yeah. ass off for a lot of years. Yeah. But I can never do a fucking kickflip. Yeah. Uh, so. I um. I doubt if Ann Petrie will ever see this podcast about, you know, if she gets tagged in it and we tell her at minute, whatever, whatever. But she and I, she was a girl in school and I moved to Arizona in fourth grade and whatever I could do, Ann Petrie did just a little better. You know, if I, and she probably practiced and she probably worked hard at it. Yeah. You know, she was first chair flute player and then we went to the spelling bee in fifth grade, I think it was. I was a runner up and she was the spelling bee champ. And then, um, I think those were the only two real, you know, concrete things. But, but my mom, I remember being up in Colorado and I did something stupid and she, you know, Ann Petrie would never do that. You know, I mean, she would use her like, yeah. like a, as a measuring stick, as to, a measuring you. stick to me. <laughs> and so I don't know, five, seven years ago. No, it's been, it's been about seven years ago. Ann Petrie was in town and we met for, um, burgers down in Denver and I told her that story, and she's like, I had no idea. You know, she looked at me like she, I had perfect skin. I always had this yeah. wonderful peach complexion, and she says, you still do, and you have this lovely skin. And I'm like, you were the measure by which, you know, <laughs> you were my one one thing. No matter what I could do, good, and Petrie could do one step better. So That's hilarious. So that was kind of a funny, interesting, full circle moment for us. So, yeah. Okay. So, I have more questions. Okay. More dis- more uh, topics of discussion, I should say. If you could ask a single person one question, and they had to answer truth- truthfully, who and what would you ask? Oh, wow. Uh. I used to, when you said, who, who would you want to have a conversation with? I always wanted to have a intelligent conversation with John Denver but it wasn't like getting him to divulge the truth it was more just asking something that he would be interested in so yeah sure give me one I don't have an answer to and then <laughs> oh <laughs> you might might give me one I can babble about while you go to the bathroom I thought that would be a good one no 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 that's I, I figured you could babble about who you would okay so let me answer that then go for it because if I could ask a single person one question and, have and they had to answer truth. truthfully. Hmm. See, I always feel like there's one better than the one I'm going to think of. So. I mean, yeah, there is. But So just off the top of your head, what comes to mind? I would say... What comes uh, to mind is... There's personal if, ones? I don't know if I want to... If s- God had a face, what would you call it? <laughs> it hurt... Ask one question. Yeah. What if God yeah. was one of us? Remember the yeah. Yeah, no. If you could ask one question. You're right. This is a toughie. See? Shit. Yeah, next. <laughs> no way. I'm not ready to give this one up yet. Well, I mean, there's little things you want to ask, but but you know the people in my life like like Ken, he's totally honest with me. I can ask him anything and whether I want to hear the answer or not, he's going to give it to me. Yeah. You're pretty straightforward with me. Grandma's you're not going to get a straight answer from her, but she's going to believe it's the right answer. So, eh, you know, yeah. Um, there's no one, you know, 
again, John Denver, what would John do? But he was human. I see him in his... Yeah, I'm thinking in my mind of, like, trying to find some truth, like someone cheating on someone. Yeah. I can't think of anything. No. You're right. That's not a great question. Well, it's a good question, (laughs) but it requires preparation. (laughs) You know? Okay, okay. So, nah. (laughs) Okay. You should be able to babble on about this. All right. You should be able to babble on about this. What's something that overwhelms you? Oh, in a good way or a bad way, or it doesn't matter. What's like, something like, that overwhelms like, you? Like, you know, I think of that line from As Good As It Gets, which is a movie I quote all the time, where he says, Melvin, you overwhelm me. But he used it in a good way, and for me... Ken overwhelms you? <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, just people being kind to each other and, and love and, and music, and um, that all overwhelms me in a positive way. But having too much to do and not enough time to do it overwhelms me in a negative way. And I haven't felt that lately, which I'm very, very grateful for. So um, the closest was the other day when somebody hacked my eBay and my PayPal account. And you said, this is going to take you all F and day to figure out. And I was like, I don't have all F and day. But again, Eckhart Tolle, but he said your reaction it's not the situation that actually causes you displeasure or um, pain or suffering it's not the situation it's your reaction in the situation and I think I'm getting better at reacting to situations so I'm not overwhelmed but yeah um, being a travel agent being in retail having more work than you actually have time to do is overwhelming to me because doesn't appear that way but I tend to be a perfectionist about certain things and if I cannot do it the way I want to do it because of external circumstances I'm overwhelmed damn you hear every little fucking noise in yeah. here can't you I'm like tiptoeing <laughs> you probably hear every little so did you get any of that yeah no I did positive and overwhelm negative overwhelm so. well in terms of your neg- negative overwhelming uh, I think that's everyone well I think though it's like the but mice though that are put in the box and and there's no um, you know there's no way out and they actually make themselves nuts because there's no way out and an intelligent I think I'm intelligent but a person would go oh there's no way out but some of us will sit there and still try to Try, try to, to figure it out. Try anyway. to do more than they. But those are yeah. the people that break out of jails. You know, those are the people that break the mold and maybe are maybe. inventors and everything else. I feel like the people that aren't I, satisfied with the box. I think the ones that don't let those things overwhelm them. Or think the, outside the box. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's where it came from. But the movers and the shakers of the world are the leaders. You know, I I knew in my jobs I was not management quality because I hated it. Yeah, yeah. I'll admit it. I'll admit it right here. And there's so many people who are so good I hate, at it. I hate leading. Because, <laughs> But I would feel overwhelmed where they do not. They see it as a challenge or a, you know. An opportunity. An opportunity. I mean, something to live up yeah. to, yeah. But you and I have discussed this, and this is what it breaks down to, is for me on a, on a level of confidence. I don't, you know, I can appear to be confident, but on some level... I lack confidence. And so 
my voices are telling me you can't do this. You're not going to have enough time. You're going to mess this up. You're going to let people down. You're going to disappoint. You know, those are all those voices, the, the negative voices. And so that's what overwhelms me. It's not the task at hand. It's the, it's the lack of confidence in my ability to accomplish a task, task where they don't even, true leaders, they don't, they don't go into that. They just start working no. on it. I spend 99% of the time worrying about it and 1% time doing it, where they do yeah. 99% doing and maybe 1%, you know. So that's the difference between people getting things done. And thank God there's people like that in the world. Cause, You're right. You know. The movers and the shakers, yeah. like you said. Yeah. I think of things overwhelming me like uh, relationships or just human interaction, emotional interaction. That shit overwhelms me. I was thinking about my Aunt Sue the other day. You know? Sorry, there's two guys that came up right behind your head when you're talking about human oh, interaction. The, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers. But, uh, you know, and, and how it went with me and my cousin while I was there and just thinking, you know, there's a common denominator in a lot of the issues that I have. Yeah. That's me. That's... That's cool because I just figured out, you know, turn it back to me, but I just figured out recently that my common denominator is confidence. And as much as I didn't want to hear that from people, you know, on a job review, well, if you just had a little more confidence or if you just, you know, you lack confidence, I'd be like, yeah, I got all the confidence in the world. But if you're really, really honest with yourself, that's a, com that's a common denominator between me and not being Judy Collins and me yeah. not being a manager, me not feeling comfortable in parenthood, me not feeling comfortable in relationship it's the confidence you know yeah yeah and once once you get that you know so work on that common denominator because when you figure out what that is then someone recently said to me don't underestimate your opponent you know and whether it's um a substance or your lack of insecurity insecurity yeah. don't underestimate it because it'll it'll keep you from living the life you know, you wanted whether it's art or whatever. So, what was yours with with cousins and Sue? And or the, what's the common denominator that was showing up for you? Oh, just me. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know what it. I'm just saying that in the issues that I've had, like I can look at the issues that I had there in South Texas, and see where I still feel like you know, fuck, they were wrong in this and that, and that was their own shit to deal with. I was right. kind of thrown into the mix, but then I can like. Then I have to ask myself, well, they seem to be getting along fine before me. <laughs> <laughs> and they seem to get along fine later without me. Okay. So... So maybe it was the Jesse element. <laughs> yeah. And I have to look at that and go, okay, well, what the fuck was it? And yeah, that emotional interaction, or I don't know what it was, but being in that dynamic, mm -hmm. I, I was overwhelmed. Sure. And I blew a gasket quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can all think we're so enlightened or aware or conscious or whatever. But, you know, you saw me on Thanksgiving after five um, attempts to say a sentence to Grandma without her registering it. I don't know if I saw this. Oh. Well, I came in and I just said to you, like, I was, you know, I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't totally, I wasn't going to let it ruin my day, but definitely pushed a button. You yeah. Know? And it's like. She can still just push that button in, in no time. And um, the fact that I'm still talking about it a week later, you know, there it is. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I think she did hear me, maybe. It was just her. All it was was I was in, okay, if, here's a question, and I have the answer, but I don't know what the question is. If it's the one thing I want most in life or the one thing I want 
from people the most is to be understood you know and why is that I mean why is that so important but that's my and you have a lot of this too if you think yes. you're misunderstood yes. ooh, you know I'm gonna say again to empathize in mm-hmm. a selfish no, way no I see that reflected back in you a that's lot. exactly what the fuck this is yeah and that's all my music's ever been and that's all I'm like seeking to find someone right that like you said you know you went your whole life feeling like there no one got you yes yes and now you feel like someone kind of gets you yeah i feel like a few people kind of get me and then you know and and then it it, i've never felt that you know it's that whole lincoln play lincoln park song somewhere i belong yeah and yeah it's like fucking you know at this point i might as well put all myself out there well Hope someone on YouTube's like, hey, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always, I mean, again, we're all so much more similar than we are different. So, but that need to be understood can actually, does he show up in the camera? No. Can actually be, be negative at times. You know, there's just a time to let it go and then there's a time to, and that's total ego probably if you get into, you know, needing to be understood. Why do you need to be right? Why do you need to be understood? Yeah. But maybe you take it further, I need to be understood by my mother, you know, get into that psychology of it. And that ain't gonna happen, you know? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna be wanting to help her because that's what I do. That's why I did her whole food. Somebody poses a problem, I try to say here, you know, and um and she hears it differently and so it upsets me because I want I want to be understood. Yeah. You know. She's like, Oh, I got scolded and I'm like, No, I'm helping you know, so so that causes not total overwhelm. It causes annoyance, irritation, button pushing, um, obsession. You know, where does that? I mean, I don't know. I was, uh, if you know the answer to the question, but I just imagine where does that again ignorance, that blissfulness, come mm-hmm. from, in her sense? Because then you and I are a whole different fucking being. I guess we have yeah. more of the Henry side, right? More of a self-aware. I don't know. Um, I didn't get to know my father as a person. Mm. You know, so I know. I know. I recognize something in me that is him, and you probably have this too. And this is a bit your dad too. But like, if I'm in a store, this is just a good example. And I hear someone say, "Where's the Q-tips?" And no one knows. It's not my job. I'm going to go help him find the Q-tips. Yeah. Now I don't know what the hell that is. Yep. You know. I always thought that was the Robert in me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, it probably is the Robert in you and the Henry too. You know, he he had that. If I'm eating a cookie, and someone says, "Oh, that looks good. I've never tried that kind of cookie before." He's gonna give them the cookie. I'm probably gonna drive across town to get them a cookie uh. <laughs> and take it to them, so they can experience that cookie. I don't know what that is. You know. And I'm glad I have it, and that's the Henry that I see in me is, is this, and, and you know it's generous as hell. But I can be as selfish, you know. If there's two pieces of pizza left, and there's a big one, and a small one. Man, I'm going to be eyeing that thing, making sure I'm getting the big one. Oh yeah. You know, and you know. I'm going to say I'm definitely selfish in yeah. the sense that like I never had a problem taking food from people. I was always the kid in school that people like. Right. I had no problem going up and being like, hey, man, you can eat that? Yeah. Hey, can I have a piece of that shit? <laughs> hey, dude, know. you got two Pop-Tarts. Let me have one. Sure, <laughs> yeah. But if I think somebody, if I've experienced oh, something, whether it's maybe hearing a song, and you'll do this, or seeing a movie, 
or um, you know maybe the lights are wonderful at this Christmas display I need to tell everybody about it you know yeah. and it, it doesn't feel like ego it totally feels like something made me happy and I want to share this with other people is and I want to get it as to many people as I can and that's why in what I do now with doing demos and, and pushing products I have to have products I like because I have to get that spark in my eye go oh my god this one tastes like a candy bar yeah and I get in the car with two of these and I'm gonna eat them both by the time I get home and <laughs> hey, you don't you don't have any of those I by the don't way. <laughs> I'm totally out of them which is kind of a blessing because they're really good. yeah and, and they are sending I got an email today they're gonna send me out some but I have to have that you know um, probably would have made me a better travel agent if I would have used that but I didn't have the experience behind me so I kind of BS my way through it and same thing in Whole Foods. Like I said, you quit making that connection. And you aren't yourself. You're your robot self or whatever it is. Your worker bee self. Yeah. But I I know whatever that is in me that, you know, I do. I want to tell people, oh, yeah. Have you seen that movie yet? Or, you know, you just, yeah. See, I've, I, I was that way, and I've went such a hard direction the other way. And I'm trying to swing the pendulum back the other way because I clammed up you know society kind of scares the shit out of me you know yeah and especially the invasion of our privacies that came along and i, I was just kind of raised into it and never questioning it so once i kind of became old enough to look at what it all you know entailed how much privacy you're giving up right as i sit here in front of a collection of cameras <laughs> set up by myself sending out live to the world yeah but it's it's it, it scared the shit out of me and i went and hold myself up and now yeah. i'm kind of crawling out of that hole um i have no idea what my point was about well <laughs> i i guess in the original question was why are we more insightful why are we more you know than than say grandma or something but it's a different way of communicating that you know who's to say she well i was gonna say her and auntie kit um neither one of them are probably watching this so equally nuts now <laughs> and getting nuttier by the moment in their old age oh, you know yeah. like i said they used to tell stories to each other and, and kind of embellish and make lies but now i think they're believing the stories which really adds to a, a new layer of of nuts Nuts, yeah. nutsishness <laughs> nuttiness nuttiness yes make up a new word but um, but I also identified more with Auntie Kit you know I don't really want to I don't right now because I'm sad for her she always seemed a little more down to earth <laughs> yes but I'm sad for her too along with David Cassidy that in her final years whether it's dementia or, or it's just you know somebody's true nature just being um what's the word might might magnified more as they get older and things like that but she's managed to alienate everyone in her last couple of years and yeah. you know and i feel sad for her that her last years of her life or people just remembering her as this mean person you know because i don't feel that about her i'm sure she had her, her they all had their traits but but yeah more down to earth i was able to communicate with her easier but she was more sentimental more um, you know, interested in you, and then that's more, yeah. yeah. What I mean by down to earth is yeah. she was more relatable. Yeah. <laughs> now ask her. You know, at least half of her five children are 
two-thirds or three or three-fifths or four-fifths I don't know um, to have her as a mother was as equally as inferior inferior frustrating frustrating yeah, yeah. Um, and what what I could see as being a niece you know I felt seen by her and heard by her but her own children didn't feel that and there's people who look at my mother and they feel so oh she's the nicest person in the world oh she's so great she's so wonderful and you know this and that I didn't get that direct experience so you know I think it has has to do like you said what's the part of that equation it's me you know yeah um, you mix this and this and you get this you mix this and this and you get this and so yeah um, you gotta I don't know how long it takes but at a certain point I just look back on things and go oh I would, yeah. No, how I, I cool. was, You're still in your 20s, you I know? was the common denominator and all that. Yeah. Yeah, but what sucks is like it's not made things any better. <sighs> I feel like I've learned a little, you know, too little too late. I don't think so. You're, it seems late to you right now, but you're just beginning, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's hard to believe, but <laughs> for me, so many things just began in my 50th year, you know? Yeah. And that has to do with Ken, but I told you my few months leading up to him, I was having... You know, just just quit trying to identify myself with this group, that group. Quit needing... Okay, here's something I read in a book, but every person in this world is looking for the perfect mother and the perfect father. And I'm not saying it in a parent-like wise, but we're looking for God our Father, we're looking for Mother Earth, we're looking for the divine omnipotent yes, powerful the one. person who takes care of us like a father who protects us who you know does that for us and yeah. and then the mother who nurtures and coddles and tells you everything's going to be okay and it's you know this book referred it wasn't a, it was a fiction book but they referred to it as like the great mama papa we all want the great mama papa you know and we are that great mama papa for ourselves but it's really hard to get there you know there'll still be times like when you say well, what would you want from me oh I just want to say everything's going to be okay um, do I really want that? Probably not. I'd be like, oh, what do you know? I'm going to do it my own way anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, in truth, we think we want something and, and would we really accept it? But, um, but yeah, 20, 27, nah. He was born in the summer of his 27th year. You know? How exciting for you to... You said this is technically my 28th year, right? Right. Yes. Um, yes. Takes yes. away the fun of coming back to Colorado... Yeah. Coming home to a place you've never been before. Did you make it in your 27th year? Nope. Almost. Almost. Because it was April, right? Yeah. April what? April 1st. You made it. That was your 27th year. That was your 27th year, dude. Oh, you're right. Until April 20th, man. Shit. It was your 27th year. Days. Yeah. So celebrate that one. Um... But yeah, you know, as much as, and that's what I think right now, as much as I think I know now, huh, how am I going to see it in 20 years? How am I going to see it in two years? How am I going to see it in two months, two days? And that's what I was, you know, when the thought of ending life, whether it be voluntary <laughs> or, um, or, you know. Jumping down the suicide rabbit hole. Well, no, getting taken <laughs> out. But, but it's like, that's the part when I realize how many how in you know april of whatever 2012 and people all thought the world was going to end you know my world was just all this new stuff was just beginning you know yeah. and 
um, yeah. I, and so I'm always like, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in two days, two months, two years. You know, look at what the, the work you and I, I call it work, but look at the clearing. Progress we've made. Progress we've made. The, yeah. clear, the clearing, the stuff we've cleared, you know. And if it's possible between you and me, it's possible. Well, I would say it's possible between anyone because we already have a link to easier communication than a lot of people do. How would you describe the clearings that we've had thus far? Because, like, I've described it like I told you to some other people. Like, say, Uncle Donald, you know? He was like, I bet wrong. I shouldn't have said that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, actually, I was really grateful. Um, wh- like, how would you look back on those clearings? Healthy? For me, they're healthy. Um, I would try not to say anything that would cause you... Okay, here's the deal. I mean, I could have said all this stuff 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 5 months ago. Did I feel you were emotionally prepared, receptive to uh-huh. hearing it? No, I wouldn't say some things I said the other day when we were hiking to you when you were in a more fragile state, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, huh. jump down the drinking rabbit hole, but when you were in jail we were able to have some good conversations because you were clear and you were away from, you know, friends, influences, whether it be substance or people or whatever. And we had some moments there that were, you know, where we made... They were real? Yeah, that were real. And... Um, I'm high as fuck right now. And this Would you consider this real? It's... There's... I will give you the benefit of a lot of people take lorazepam or Valium or um, what are they antidepressants to actually get to somewhere they're fairly normal yeah and I have accepted the fact there's times when you're maybe a little too <laughs> what's the word I want to say slow you're not slow but you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah I do retarded and that's uh, that has all these connotations but i use it in the truest sense of the i always word, talk where things are i always talk that way anyway though yeah like i speak for the most part especially w- when i'm trying not to s- say specific words like you know or definitely sure, yeah. when i'm trying to be cognizant yeah. of what i'm saying yeah um no i don't mean that but maybe a little what's the word drowsy spacey less alert or something yeah i, I know if, if you if you take it too far but um, but I accept the fact that it might get you to, you know, the same way people use, oh, did you see the thing on Facebook? Yeah. When, what it was is when the pharmaceutical, or what if weed did a commercial like the pharmaceuticals did? And it was awesome. You, oh, you yeah. got to look at it. It's all the music and, you know. Oh, but it's like, hey, all this awesome stuff it'll do for you. By the way, side effects, it'll make you eat too much. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And and, um, could I do what you do and then be my, you know, be closer to my my truer self? But for you, I think it takes away some of the anxiety. It takes away some of the obsessive thoughts. It takes away some of the nervousness. And so, so yeah, drinking, not so much. Not so much. Not so much. And so so that's... You know what I'll say about yeah. You kind of met your match with with alcohol. You know it, it's a it's a fierce opponent, and so I don't yeah. want you to underestimate it. It's that big belt, that wrestling belt. Um, you know the 
the huge guys, the UFC fighters, would that's one of the first things. Don't underestimate your opponents. So whether right. you, whether you go back to having another drink or two, you know, don't underestimate it. Just just be smarter than it, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I joke about the number of candles I lit in Italy for you. Know, Two hundred twenty-seven candles. I don't know the number, but it felt like that. But I never asked Jesse quit drinking. You know, I want Jesse to quit drinking. I would say I want him to have a healthier relationship with alcohol or to win. You know. Yeah. To be to to face this opponent and to win, and um, because. I hate that to see that that's the David Cassidy thing. You probably feel that with Uncle Steve and with people. I hate to see alcohol win because I have seen it win too many times. And I went years without having a beer or a glass of wine or something because on that, what would you call it, that premise or that thing, it's like I'm so pissed at alcohol. It's ruined so many lives that I know that I'm, you know. Yeah. Um, now, I love that Ray, Ray LaMontagne thing, I, you know. Look my demons in the eyes, lay bare my chest, say, try your damn, you know, damnedest to hurt me because. Um, so then, how do you feel uh, about my relationship with marijuana as I sit here? I wish that you didn't need it, you know, need being, need to feel comfortable, not need like, oh my God, you need it to survive or something. Yeah. You know, I think... But, I mean, I wish... But I think it's a... Yeah, I wish I didn't crave cookies at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sure know? people who take antidepressants wish... Right. They right. didn't have to... Yes. And, like, I've admitted, you know... Uh, yeah. The counseling and the, the antidepressants and... Yeah. I definitely think it's a healthier alternative, in my opinion. Right. Well... <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> in your opinion, Exactly. It, it's kind of like what you were saying about the God drug or whatever drug, and if if atheists could take it and have that experience, would taking that drug be so bad? For yeah. me, I see you more calm and more even keeled and more receptive when you've smoked a little bit. So definitely more open minded. Yeah, everybody would be, you know. And that's why I explained to Summer is like my ego, it collapses in on me if I'm not. If I go so long without it, but like you said, when I was stuck in jail, yeah. we definitely had some conversations. Sure. I definitely could be... Definitely. <laughs> I for, like definitely. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I certainly was more self-aware, but that's because I was faced with nothing but myself. But in a world where there's all these distractions, right. and if I don't have a little bit of marijuana, I get sucked into myself... I get so blinded by myself, and uh, and like you just were saying, yeah, just a little bit even after not having it for a while, uh, my mind feels like it's blown open. I feel like I'm put outside of myself, and yeah, I look at situations more open with more a more open mind, right. and generally feel really stupid most of the time, which I feels healthy. Yes. Well, whatever it takes, you know, again, I think that atheist question, I mean, that just puts that into perspective. Um, you know, would it be great if you were calm and tranquil and aware without anything? Yeah, that would be, oh, wow. Yeah, it'd be that, sweet. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing in the world? <laughs> but how many it people would, are? Right, it would save you a fortune in weed, probably. Yeah. Um, 
But it's like, wouldn't it be nice to wake up every morning and not feel like I need energy through coffee or through an energy drink? You know, I've... It'd be awesome. I haven't had coffee in the last couple days because I'm on that stubborn kick where I don't want to get in a rut. To rely on it. Now, have I been doing the um, energy and focus from Garden Life? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, a situation like this, I want to know, I want to be able to verbalize. I want to be like, um, 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 you know... So I don't like, I you know, I don't like that I have to take it before. Yeah. yeah, They made it for people to go work out in the gym. Yes, it helps you go work out in the gym. Do we all want to go to the gym and not have to take it and still want to work out? Yeah. But, you know, so that's where I'm at with marijuana. But I judge things by, right now I judge things. You know, I used to judge them by what will people think, what's good, what's bad, what's illegal. It does help that's not illegal here. That takes away that whole yes but you know it's still a legal thing yeah um but you judge anything by the fruit of what it produces for you alcohol has produced some really (laughs) bad situations um weed has you know helped you steer you know right now it it is it's an i won't use the word asset but but it it's you know ah yeah you do it's an asset (laughs) I, if it, I'm judging it by by its, yeah, by the fruits of its, you know, benefits. Benefits, yeah. yeah. And like I, I look at it, like we said, you know, I've tried many methods of relieving anxiety. Sure. This just happens to work. It just so happens at the same time, it gets you high. Yeah. It makes you really euphoric and happy. And it's like people want to fucking ruin that. And that's what I told Summers. I love her. She knows that. <laughs> she could say I'm wrong, but when alcohol is looked at, like, oh, that's acceptable because oh, no, it can be yeah. done in moderation. Da, da, da. Like, no, like you said, the amount of negativity that's come from, in my life from alcohol, right, compared to this substance, right, and you, you disagree with it just because it makes me high. Yeah, like, don't be a buzzkill, man. <laughs> literally, right? Yeah, literally. But I feel that way about anything. If you know, like I said, my my latest thing is. Having to have a little energy drink before or during a demo. I yawned twice yesterday. I was like, okay, get it out, stir it up, take it. Mm-hmm. Because it it makes me be who I want to be, you know? And for you, I think it makes you closer to, to the person you want to be. It does. Yeah. If I can't define it any better way than I have when saying, you know, that without it, I feel like I'm... I, I feel like more like myself, but it's not a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people look at that as a bad thing. That's fine. But it's well, like people who w- go off of antidepressants sure. because they feel like they're not being themselves. Yes. They feel like they're more themselves off antidepressants. Well, artists, people like that. But yeah. yeah, you know. I feel more like myself off it, but it's more yeah. of an anxious. And I. And, and maybe, you know, this is hopefully as a mother or as a whatever, but hopefully as you mature and i'd be more com- content with myself yes <laughs> yeah. yeah truly yeah. you know i that's mean the goal yeah and so yeah that's the goal exactly do we have to get to the goal you know overnight no i mean what you've done the last 90 days or 80 what i don't know yeah who's counting that it's up there <laughs> my god you know that shows such willpower and strength that that most people don't have and i'm not saying Yes, you and you say that. Like well, I said, yeah. everyone keeps saying that, but I don't get that because yeah. it, it didn't take shit for That's me. That's great. 
But like you said, you did something one night because instead of drinking or instead of, you know, um, I give myself credit. There's a bucket of ginger snaps on the fridge that Ken bought. You know, every day I go without having one of those. I'm like, hey, good job, you know. Um, But I made up chia pudding. You know, I think that's what it comes down to is heaven. It would be wonderful. Maybe that is heaven when we don't have vices and things that take us away from our our highest 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 self but in the meantime you find substitutes it's like can't have ginger snaps i'm gonna make chia pudding i'm gonna pick out (laughs) you know whatever my vice you'll find something can't be content with myself i'll do this in the meantime yes exactly i'll find the the less but when it comes to true substances and yeah i i don't want to be hooked on coffee i don't want to be hooked on but i will i will allow myself to be the self i need to be or want to be for that day yeah i want to do the best job that day i want to have a good conversation with you if it takes a little caffeine for me to formulate sentences, you know, so be it. Um, I'm still undecided on Kratom. Because as much as I love it, and even though I say, you know, I've probably taken it, not every day since, but there's probably not a week I've went without it since. You know, I first yeah. tried it. Um, I'm not saying that's a healthy habit by any means, but I love the shit. Yeah. But I'm undecided. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't look at it like marijuana 100%. I look at it like marijuana in the sense that it's all natural, it's organically grown. So, uh, well, you know, what are the physical um, adverse side effects in the long the, run? The problem being that because it's, well, it's legal, but there's really been no FDA, okay. you know, science put into it. Yeah. So we don't know the full scope yeah. of it. Uh, from what I understand, there's alkaloids are released, uh, chemical, mitri. Uh, I can't yeah, even begin uh, to pronounce it. I don't even bother. I don't need to yeah. be able to pronounce those things. Right. <laughs> That's an ego, Dr. too. Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she could pronounce Oh, we get those people in the, in, the, in the vitamin stores, too. They're so proud of themselves. They can say, you know, yeah. um, I can say oscillococcinum or, you know. Um, but I don't need to. It's like, yeah, that one that starts with an E. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with But that. these alkaloids give you this euphoric effect because they're reacting on the opioid yeah. receptors, the same receptors that would be reacting when you're taking opium. Now, uh... I went off on the date with the veterinarian, so she was smarter than me, and she could explain it in sure. the real technical terms. But I was, I was explaining it to her like a dummy, going, "There's two different opiate receptors. Yeah, yeah. One that gets heavily, you know, triggered from opiates, heroin, shit like that, and it gets lightly triggered from heroin, opiates, and shit. Well, kratom reacts differently. Okay. Heavy, heavily reacts on these other receptors. Okay. Lightly reacts on the receptors that get triggered by heroin and opiates. So, that's why in lower doses, it's more of a euphoric, like, yeah. buzz, yeah. and you actually get, like, a stimulant feeling from it, which is why I love to take it like a coffee replacement. Yeah. But in heavy doses, that's where I'll start. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, it I took triggers enough on when, that heavy receptor. When the back and everything was hurting, and I can't really, if I maybe would have taken all six, but I could already tell, I still felt my pain. But I definitely had a little, but I got itchy as heck. And so for me, that itchiness, when, yeah. I, when I get that from anything, it's Did your gonna, nose get itchy? Everything gets itchy. Because I feel like a, I look like a crackhead. Because yeah. I'll be in the store, yes. and it's doing it right yes. now. For yes. whatever reason, it's kicking in. Yeah. And I sit here, and I'm like... No. <laughs> I, you know... And Brooklyn said, because uh, she was watching one of my videos with Lindsay, she caught me picking yes. my nose. Baby, yeah. I wasn't picking my nose. I was yeah, itching it. Itching. <laughs> I, my face is the first part to get itchy, but I found pistachios do it lately. I didn't want to believe that. The bars I demo, if I eat, they do, they do. What do you, you think? Know? Is that fake sugar or not fake sugar? But what is it? 
it, it erythritol or um, no because I can do it in shakes it might be some of the nuts they use in there because of pistachio I don't care you know I get so tired of trying to figure out what it what what it is oh, I but, have some nuts I was gonna put some mixed nuts oh, out for you thank you <laughs> probably be start no um, but kratom did that I forgot about that and so that for me was like yeah I really don't like that the benefits didn't outweigh the but I was gonna say about you smoking weed too if I smoked what you did, we would not be having this conversation. I would be like, okay, night, night now. I'm taking a, you know, a big old nap. Um, that's why, I, that's, and, yeah. that, and that's what I mean in asking you, like. So every person has to judge for them. Is this, is this, for me, it's like, is this bringing you closer to the person you want to be? Or is it taking away from the person you want to be? You know? And that's where I'm asking you, like, literally, in this moment, put me on the spot. Put me on blast. We're literally live to the world. Uh, does it make me <laughs> less five. of a me in this moment? No. I feel I've, like... Like I said, I've seen you get to that point where you go maybe over the limit to where you just get um, withdrawn. Withdrawn, I guess is the word. You know, oh, I've definitely... Like, you yeah. can definitely get too high. Yeah. And, and especially... Like, you know, just... Oh, yeah. especially edibles. You get... Yeah. Yeah. So have I seen you be <laughs> there, but no, right now you're not... Um, so that I guess the, I hadn't really thought of it, but that's the way I would judge anything. Does this make me more the person I want to be or less the person I, I want like to be? But I like that. And so here's my thing. Like, I like that. And I like, I mean, I don't want to push the limits with anything I might die from, you know? Yeah. I don't want to ever push the limits with Coke because I don't want to have a fucking heart attack. Too much caffeine already makes me feel like. Right. But Kratom, I knew I couldn't die from it. So I was like, how fucked up on it's, this stuff can I get? Yeah. And just just to see. But that's entertainment for you, you know. That's not like it's like a daily well, it's, use. It's what a psychonaut is: is people that do psychedelics and stuff to explore that realm. And for me, it's exploring. It's show up. Call, 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 I know. Call. I did that on the last one too. Sorry. I have to folks. say though, like right behind you is the lure of Argentina's bubbling cheese. I'm, you know, I don't think either <laughs> one of us had lunch. I am distracted by Argentina's bubbling cheese, you know. But if I ate that, okay. Yeah, I might be, oh, that was good, but now am I going to be clogged? Am I going to get tired? Am I going to, you know, am I going to... Yeah. So... The negatives outweigh yeah, the... Yeah, it does. Does that mean I'm never going to eat Argentina's bubbly cheese? Probably not, because I'm just going to have to try it. But that's... You know. So, okay. Well, I guess there's negatives to marijuana. But, there's, but I was going to say, there's in the moment, too. If I went to Argentina, I would have Argentina's bubbling cheese. Would I come home and have it every day? Probably not, because before I know it, I'm not going to want to go to the gym, or I'm, or I'm going to want to go to bed at seven in the evening, or I'm gonna, you know. But um, that's I'm liking it to kratom. If you want to have this experience with it, go for it. Do you need it every? When it starts becoming, oh, I'm going to do this every day, every day, every yeah. day, then it might start getting in the way of things, you know. I mean, I have Ken, if you're listening, here we go. But. Um, I asked me the other day, how many do you actually drink a day of Diet Coke? So about eight. And I was like, oh, that's God. a lot. That's a lot. You know, if someone were to come up to the store, in, to me in the store when I worked at Whole Foods in the vitamin department and said, I drink eight Diet Cokes a day, I'd say, oh man, that person's got big problems. But you met Ken. For the most part, he's pretty emotionally stable, not really Very. running from anything. You know, so um, I did. I had to give him a hard time. We were at the movies the other day, and he threw his cup away. And then his daughter said, oh, I'm not sure I have a pop at home. And he went back, and he was dumpster diving for his cup. And I'm like, that's an addiction right there, dude. You're dumpster diving for your cup, you know. Um, but, you know, he'll say, you want me to stop? I am not going to tell him to stop. 
you know, I I don't see anything negative in his life coming from it. What I did realize the other day was I've always been afraid of keeping up with him. Like, oh God, I'm never going to be able to keep up with his level of energy. Or he's going to want to stay up late. Or, oh, he's going to want to trade me in for a new wife. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wife number one wanted to go to bed early. And so he went out, you know. And, and that's how he met me, you know. <laughs> wife number two wants to go to bed. Maybe he'll meet wife number three. You know, these are these insecurities that come up. And then I thought, how would I feel if I drank eight Diet Cokes a day? If I drank... Yeah. I'd be a pretty cool person, man. I'd be the life of the party. I'd be pretty hip. So, how much caffeine is that? I don't know. I don't know how much is in one. There's no sugar, but holy shit, that's yes. caffeine. Yeah. Let's look. Yeah, Diet Coke. How many Because my little scoop of um, pre-workout Energizer has 85. So, so yeah, I would... And, and like he said, he can go to bed right afterwards. So what's that? You know, is that a tolerance? Is that... But I'm not going interfere, to interfere with his relationship with Diet Coke. He's a big boy. If it was interfering in our life somehow, or maybe if we went dumpster diving every day, I'd have to question it. But um, So it says you know. 46 milligrams per Diet Coke. Okay. Which is 368 if it's eight a day. Um, right? Is that right? Better do that. Yeah. Yeah, 368. Yeah. Which, I mean, I drink. Right. I'm at 170 right now I'm to at have a. 240. Yeah. I'm at 170 to have a. A lowly functional day. I mean, sure, at my I, minimum. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that probably put down like, yeah, crazy amounts of caffeine. So, I guess the difference with me, I'm always looking at a way to make it better. It's like I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do this on my own. You know. Yeah, looking at not being reliant on the yeah. substance. I know what you. Yeah. Mean. And um, and and just the, you know, his diet coke habit. It's like. Every time we go somewhere, you got to find the cooler, got to find the ice, got to load up. I, I'm like, isn't this, doesn't this become a pain? Because, you know. It's like alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a ritual that you're right. tied to. And yes. Yeah, it's yes. definitely a burden. And I and he doesn't have a problem with it. I resent that stuff. I, You know, before I got on a motorcycle I mean, ride, I'm like, oh, God, I put the helmet and the jacket and the, I can put my other pants on. Oh, God, I got to find the key, you know? Yeah. I hate that stuff. But, I mean, if he gets rid of the Diet Coke. You make him get rid of the Diet Coke, what's next? Are you going to make him quit smoking cigars? Yeah, <laughs> I, and I'll say it, and right now is the time, but in the wintertime, I can go a couple months without seeing him smoke a cigar. Oh. Uh, you know, because he does it at work. I don't see it at home. Come on, Mom. I'm trying uh, to start shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have much to start there. So, oh, I do have a funny, though. I'll put this out here for the world today. Every night, he will text me like I'm on my way in or... You know, I run to you. It's kind of our thing. It comes from a song. Woman, I run to you. I run to you. Um, but sometimes he's in the locker room. And, and so, like, last night he was having a late night. And he went to text me. But he and Tammy, Tammy had texted him a little bit before. It's just about Christmas. We don't need to exchange presents this year, do we? It's about the kids. Let's just focus on the kids. And he was like, okay, sounds good. So, like we all do, the screen was up to Tammy. And he texts, pants off. <laughs> Because that's what he'll text me, you yeah. know, like, okay, I've got my pants off because he can, and then he's cleaning up and coming home. And, and so she texts back, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was some discussion about wrong wife. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I just laughed my ass off. I thought that was so funny, you know. Yeah. I have to tell her. And, 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 and the funny part is still at this moment, she probably doesn't know what that means. It's, it's not a sexual or a, <laughs> a, 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 a anything. It's just like, hey, I'm. I'm getting to work. I'm, coming, I'm coming home. I'm yeah, changing coming my clothes. Home from work. Yeah, 
hurry up, microwave the food or whatever. You know, I usually get things ready and then I'll hit the microwave when he says he's on the way and then it's Once warm. he says pants off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a pants off is usually okay. And then there'll be an I run to you. got a few it, minutes. Yeah, I got a few minutes. So. And there's yeah. I run to you? Put something, yeah, I run to you. Okay. Did I you people R- hear that? I-R-T-Y. This is what he texts her. I run to you. Yeah. Each, each, each night when he's Every coming night, home, I run to you. I run to you. If that's not the definition of gay, folks, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is. Yeah. Pants off. No, that was that was funny. I just, I kind of, I don't know, I howled because, you know. <laughs> 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 to, to us, it means nothing, but just someone getting that strange text, pants off. Well, Mom. Four hours of nothing, huh? We did three hours. Three hours? That was three hours of talking. Did it thinking, feel like oh, that's right. Oh, I was thinking 12.30, but it took, yeah, it took a while to get the... Things an hour ahead, too. Yeah. Or no, it's not. It's, it's right no, there. we weren't very controversial, but... No, and, and, and we got a little deep, but it yeah. was pretty... Was For you pretty and level. me, that was not very... I mean, you and I, know. I think... Isn't I was going to say, you and I can do better than that, don't you think? Yeah, and I don't feel self-conscious or nervous. Once I thought I would. It's like, oh, there's a camera in your face or something. But once you get talking, it's just like we're talking. Yeah. And but, I don't feel like it was a bad conversation, but right. like you said, for you and me, I feel like oh, it man, was pretty... Oh, just like unearthed some deep crap sometimes. That, that, was, that was like Dawn and Jesse Light. Yes, yes. Yeah, like yes. Bud Light, Dawn and Jesse Light. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you go with what it is, and there it is. And, and that's what it was. And um, And who knows, maybe in the future we'll have something well, heavy. Well, I'm sure we're going to have to do it again. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe even before I go? Maybe? Maybe. All right. We oh, got a couple weeks. I will say, you know, okay, here, yeah, it's probably one of those things that shouldn't be said, but like when you first said you're moving back, that's when you're drinking. It's like, oh, good. Whew. You know, because like you said, you could call in the middle of the night with your dad and he'd be there. And it's like, you know, he's better at that middle of the night stuff. So if, yeah. again, as a, as a selfish person, it's like, okay, it's not, I'm not going to be on call. And, um, and that comes back to that I don't trust myself to know what to do when you're saying, "Oh my God, the police are in my house at three in the morning and they're sitting outside." And I, it's like I don't know what to do with this. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you called your dad, you know, because I don't know what to do with that stuff. But um, but I was just thinking yesterday, like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna miss Jesse. It's gonna be it's gonna be so weird with you not being here. So oh. gonna miss you." Well, <laughs> you went a lot of years without me. It was a good few years. I don't and it, know. It's, it's weird going back, but I don't think Dad knows any better than you what to do in those moments. I just... He has more confidence. He's I don't just... Know. Yeah. He's just there. <laughs> I just want to be with you going, oh my God, what do we do next? And, and then I get angry at you, you know, yeah. which doesn't help any. I'm like, oh my God, how'd you get yourself into this situation? <laughs> or or the, just the textbook, Jesse! <laughs> you know, I still yell when I yell at Grace, my dog, if she's doing something wrong, I'll be yeah. Jesse. I mean, Grace. You know. Well, I mean, you said you know at one point how hard it can be being my mom, and it's a hard thing to hear, but when you consider the reality of you know having you pick me up from jail, uh, what was it? The night before Mother's Day? Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I think it was technically Mother's Day because it was like after maybe, midnight. Maybe. And I had the Mother's Day card. You don't remember that? Oh, Jeb with Jesse. That jail? Yeah. Jeb with Jesse, yeah. No, I... no, 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 no. This was actually Mother's Day that you okay. picked me up okay. from jail. This was when I got arrested for smoking pot in the The one truck. over here, yeah. In the Loveland <laughs> High parking lot. Yes. Well, I remember when you were in, in jail for those... What was it? How long was it? Literally... 
the day before Mother's Day, I get picked up from jail by my mom. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, um, when did? How long was I in jail? It was a short bit. Yeah, because you it, that was during Mother's Day, and you gave me jail with Jesse. Remember that? It was Tweety Bird, I and do. that was funny and sad and hilarious and tragic and wonderful all at the same time. But yes, I try not to think about oh god it's mother's day and i'm picking him up from jail but i did have to go there a couple weeks ago to pay a ticket ah um a speeding ticket it was only one point thank goodness and that was the day i was trying to get here get here i was rushing to see you and and um but yeah and i walked in there and i did that thing again your what did i just say earlier you know whether a situation's good or bad has to do with your perception of it. And I went in there to pay my ticket, and I started going, oh, my God, this is where I had to be, and where I picked up Jesse, and, mm-hmm. oh, God, this is, you know. And instead of going all PTSD, I was like, things are so, you know, and I made that flip, you know. Flip like, like you have on. to do flip that bitch around. It was like, look at how great things are now. Look how wonderful things are. You're in here to pay your own stupid speeding ticket. And, you know, they were probably thinking I was pretty weird going yeah hey i'm here to pay my ticket you know but but it, in in reality it could have been a lot worse you know and i think the only and now we're getting deep when when it's time to cut off but um Go for I, it. I think the only thing that would keep me from going down too far into whatever despair is a good word was even then at those times i knew it could be so much worse i could be going to the morgue yeah you know and that was the perspective i always gave myself it was like he's still alive it can always go up from here you know as bad as it is did you ever worry that you'd get that call of course yeah oh my god and i even got to the point where i don't want to say i was okay with it but i was i was prepared enough for it you know it's like it it almost came to it's not going to be if it's going to be when and um you know and and so i was like okay you, you know this is what this is going to look like and and i you know i mean no one knows what that would actually feel like but so every time something like that would happen there was part of me that was grateful you know that it wasn't yeah. the morgue and and i would say I've, I've said that to other mothers too who have problems with the children it's like it's okay if they're still alive you know count your blessings count your blessings because it can all be improved and here we're living proof you know um i don't know what the future holds hopefully you know one of us doesn't (laughs) regress or relapse or become a total asshole you know could be me for all i know you don't know um Eh. what percentages are in your favor yeah (laughs) i might be one of these demented old ladies who who starts alienating everyone in their old age i don't know but but I always had that, I, don't, I hope I had hope, but I, I had that recognition even then. It was like, it could always be worse. It's not the morgue. This is fixable. This is fixable. And there was, and again, and you and I had this conversation after one of your really bad, after your accident, I think with the white car. It was like, oh God, this is horrible. But, okay, this could be so much worse. You could have killed someone else, you know. And what a long life, or what a hard life. I'm sure people find happiness or peace or forgiveness for themselves, but ugh, I don't want to do that, you know? I don't want to have to live a life like that. So I thought for you that would be horrible. Or you could have killed yourself, you know? Um, 
which you know, it's debatable how good or bad that is. <laughs> what sucks yeah. is I got to admit, though, that I didn't learn my lesson the first time because obviously the DUI that sent me to jail right. was a, a lucky experience in itself. Yes. Yeah, I woke yes. up to the police knocking on my car yes. and I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, I know. But... I mean, as a mother and as a stepfather, which can, you know, I mean, you guys are grown kids, maybe it's a mommy-daddy thing, but... Um, but it was frustrating on one hand to see how easy you got out of that, you know, because you weren't going to learn any of this lap, the August one, the the white car, oh. you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you just get stupid shit face drunk, smash your car into a bank, you know. <laughs> it could have been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> K-Fape, some of this shit, Mom. <laughs> I don't know what statute limitations are now okay. in Colorado. Whatever. <laughs> but, but they but they, but they write you a check for it. <laughs> a really big check. <laughs> you know. So and, and there was part of me going, oh my God, thank God, thank God. Because the part that identifies with you and didn't want this to be a life changer in a bad way, you know. And um, But then there was the part of going, oh my God, that was way too easy. How are you ever going to learn? But that was the point then when I heard someone say, and I used it too, you don't have to hit rock bottom to do to, to, do a U-turn here, you know. You don't have to kill someone. You don't have to reckon. You know, you don't have to, whatever. Yeah. To do a U-turn, so so kudos, kudos to you. Kudos. Kudos to you that um, that you you know. At least for now, you've taken that U-turn and you and away from the path of destruction. So. Keywords for now. Yeah. Well. Because as we know. With the loan, Jesse. Yeah, I, I don't want to ruin. I don't. Want she could take a turn real quick. I hope not. I hope not because. Hope not too. You know, there's just from my selfish perspective. When, um, there's been a couple things just this past week on Thanksgiving when you said, "Oh, I know it's cheesy, but it just makes me happy to hear you laugh." I. <laughs> oh, that was, that was so gay. Yeah, it oh. was so gay. It was so gay. But when I think about it, why was I laughing? You know, why at other holidays? You know, I was I was worried about you, and I know that's codependent or whatever those words are. But there was always tension. I didn't have that the other day, and you know, I was free to laugh and free not to worry. So I can thank you for that on Thanksgiving. Cool. And so if it made you happy, it was actually because of you. Um, and then how wonderful was the other day when I ran out of gas on the top of Horse Tooth to be able to rely on you? You know, you uh. rescued my butt. There's there's a there's a switch right there. You rescued me a few it was times awesome in my life. For me because I got some free su- sushi out of you the deal. You did, so. but how? Hey, wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, uh, it's past four. Four away. <laughs> but um, but to be able to rely on you, you know, because there's, or not rely on you, but to be able to, yeah, I guess rely is the word. Be able to reach out to you and you to be able to you be able to show up for that. That was a great thing. And, um, hmm. but you know, <laughs> throughout your life, you have rescued me too. Though. Like the, the boogie board in Costa Rica, I could have been a drowned rat by now. And, um, yeah. there's been a few times when you've saved my ass. So definitely have some, some there was a time that I was going to be put on the spot to tell a story. I can't remember. I think it was like in one of these team building exercises for okay. work, you know, and it was like, think of a situation where uh, you had to think on your feet yes. in a drastic instance yes. or else, you know, yeah, there would be consequences. Okay. And you, you know, acted and what was the result? Yeah. And I was like, 
oh, I got a fucking answer for this <laughs> one. <laughs> but I never got to tell them. Well, one day in Costa Rica, my mom goes out, and I was thinking to myself about this Everclear song where it says, Swim out past the breakers and watch the world die. Yes. And I go, Mom, <laughs> hey, don't swim out too far. And she looked back and laughed at me like, <laughs> fuck you, kid. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. And I was. I was totally in my 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 goal was to swim out past the breakers, not to watch the world die, but to get out there where the waves were not crashing on your head, you know, and to get out there and in that peaceful territory. You, know. you found out why they call them breakers. Oh, holy crap. It was like, what's his name? Um, Tom Hanks on, 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 come on, what's the movie? Castaway. Caffeine's wearing off. Yeah, Castaway, where he couldn't get out beyond the breakers, you know, and then once you yeah. did, there's hardly, it's hard to get back But in. So did you have a hard time getting past the breakers? You no. meant to go past them? I meant to go past them. Oh, idiot yeah yeah my idea was i want to go out there and swim where the waves aren't crashing on my head you know where it's calm out there in the lagoonish area well so back to the story yeah i'm doing whatever i was on the beach shit i was picking up seashells right and i look up and i'm like mom yeah you had your boogie board with you mom yeah and i had my boogie board with me you, weren't you on your boogie board, I thought? I didn't have a boogie board. Oh, you were just swimming? You were free swimming. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because then I... Because, yeah. yeah, so I don't fucking see you. So I start swimming out there until yeah. I see you. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How were you doing at that point? <laughs> Not very well. Because I'd already swallowed a bunch of water. <laughs> and once you get in those breakers... You're, you're like being tumbled, you know, and, oh. and, and and there's not a sense of which way's up. Wait, really? So like you were being like, like head over a toe bit. tumbled? Yes, Damn. a little bit. But at points, you know, yeah. when it would break on me. And then the rest of the time I was trying to swim in <laughs> and I was making no progress. And, and then, and then like anything else, you panic, I imagine. Yeah. Imagine if I would have been like, okay, you're going to survive this. But the thoughts are going through my head. Oh, crap. Jesse's going to be down here in Costa Rica all alone. His last thoughts are going to be of me dying. And, um, <laughs> and, and I was just losing stamina to get, <laughs> to get back in. And, uh, I don't know why this makes me so happy. And then all of a sudden, you just like show up over and over. Hey, Mom. I was going to say, okay, so wait, wait, wait. Hey, Mom, take my boogie board. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm swimming out there, and then I see you. I see your head and I see you doggy paddling. But so you're going head over toe and you say you start to panic. Like how long did it feel? How how long are you panicking for before I just pop up out of nowhere? And did I pop up out of nowhere or did you see me coming? I did not see you coming. I don't think. Because I was just really, what's the word, um, discombobulated or, um, you know, just, just messed up. Like my perception i mean yeah. even my time right now and like how long it took that's but, why i asked because you know, they feel, say like those life death, death situations yes. could have felt like minutes yeah or... it, fe- it felt like felt like a long time mm-hmm. but you know in reality it was probably 30 seconds of, yeah. of tumbling of tumbling and, and then you know if you've ever swallowed salt water and then you're coughing and you're spitting you're oh. you know and you kind of breathe it in and and then <laughs> that in itself i mean if we were just to go yeah, and do salt water we'd be a big mess but here you're still trying to save your life and get back into shore Fuck. you know and um it sounds all exaggerated and dramatic but but i never had a fear of water obviously oh, real, yeah. you know and even in cancun I, places i'd go out in these big old honking waves without 
flippers or anything because I'm a strong swimmer. I grew up swimming, but I didn't respect my opponent. There we go back to that thing yeah. again. I did not respect Mother my Nature opponent. Mother Nature is a bitch. Yes. And I was just like, oh, I've got this. I've swam my whole life. I've swam, you know, free snorkel without flippers, without anything. And so, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm running out of gas. And that shore is not getting any closer. Hmm. And I think that's what happened first was I ran out of... Of gas. Yeah, out of energy and stuff. And then, you know, start getting tum- tumbled and pummeled. And then the panic sets in. And, and then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a minute. You know, maybe not even that long. And then it's and like... And then I pop up out of like, Well, I was looking around, looking for somebody. Kind of like... The sound, too, that you can't picture when you're... It's roar. It's just... Yeah, the ocean. It's just a roar. And so to go... You know, no one's going to hear yeah. that. So I'm looking around, you know, in these moments of whatever, when I was upright and, and kind of looking and, you know, just kind of trying to make eye contact with someone. And um, and then you're like, hey, take my boogie board. <laughs> you just, yeah, you were there with the boogie board. And again, you can't really see things because you're going up and down. The waves are here. And, you know, your perspective is really, you're just, it's like being in a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was a good one. I was glad you were there because no one else was paying attention to me. That was the thing. You had your eye on me and you're, you know. I really didn't. I well, just exactly. looked up and you weren't there. Yeah. But like you said, you knew yeah, what I, I was doing. There. You knew I was being. Swimming. You would have been fucked. Yeah. 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 I think, I don't know. I don't, I try not to relive it because I can still make myself anxious with that one, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. With, because people listen to sounds of waves to come. Yeah. I, I saved your life. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I was going to say, <laughs> what would have happened next? I probably would have, you know, taken a few more big gulps of water and I don't know. I panicked and breathed in and yeah, you know, I don't know how drowning goes. I don't want to know. That's close enough. You breathe in water and die. Yeah. Yeah. So I. And correct me if I'm wrong, because again, it sounds dramatic, but in my memory, I, yeah, I was probably like, "Hey, mom, grab my boogie board," yeah. and you, and I could tell once you grabbed onto it. I needed it. Like you looked like a dog, like you know what I mean—a dog that's been wore out. Yeah. You yeah. know, not to compare my mom to a dog, but you looked like a dog that had been through the fucking washing yeah. machine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like, yeah. and especially your curly hair oh, sure. and your face, <laughs> and you were just like. <gasps> <laughs> like I could see the, the the gratefulness in your face all of a sudden. Yeah. And probably a I pulled you in shore. That like yeah. that's that's what I remember, right? Well, and I basically me kicking probably, you in shore because you hardly. Had I remember not being extremely worried about you, which was you know, but I knew <laughs> that you were still fresh. You hadn't been out there flailing around. Yeah. You know, and um, and that you were still strong and and, and coherent and not. Can't I hadn't been I'm treading water the yes, whole time like yes, you were. Yes, exactly. Because you had to swim just yeah. to get out there, like right. you were saying. You oh, had no yeah. boogie board. And then I swam so, out yeah, there So, yeah, I'd take while. the buddy boogie then, board yeah, out there. I was and on I'm the treadmill. To... I was like, you know. And I don't mm. know if that's a riptide or not. I'm not smart. They say, you know, if that ever happens, go diagonally. I don't even know that that would have helped. I think it's, it probably would have. Maybe it would have taken down the panic of, oh, the shore is not getting any closer. Yeah. And, you know. And they say flip on your back and try to yeah. float, but, but again, the, if you're when, getting when the breakers are hit, you're, you're just yeah. like, you know. So I don't know what the solution is. The solution is don't go swim out beyond the breakers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
and I have respected my opponents since then. Um, maybe a little too much. You know, we were in St. John, Virgin Islands. Tony's like, hey, you want to swim out to the boat? And I was like, no. <laughs> no. You know, I think it'll take a little... I have more of my confidence back now, but I still remember that feeling of just like, oh. If you can't hit bottom, you can't, yeah. you know, and you're hoping... As you get close, you're going to be able to hit. And I've heard of people who've had drowning stories in this or near drowning, and so I was like, "Oh, I'm such a good swimmer. I don't know. I'll never have that problem." But, but when you do, and you, you know, that's what I was telling you. Uh, I think recently on our drive, right, that I just don't want to have those experiences where, like, jumping out of an airplane. I would love to skydive. But people fucking die from skydiving. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so exactly. This shit happens. Well, you were talking probably with my motorcycle and things like that. Yeah, it's like I, it's, I, I have no interest in putting yeah. myself into a situation where there's a decent probability of me dying. Yeah. Sorry, I've been dumb enough for a lifetime already. That's that's um, what you call it with me because I, I like overcoming that fear with learning to ride the motorcycle because it's it's a challenge for me to shut up those, you know, quiet those thoughts that are telling me, oh, you can't do this or you're going to wreck or whatever. Um, but there's part of me too, you know, that's like, I don't have anything to prove here. Uh, I like, it was fun doing a ride and, and realizing I can do it, but it's funny. Ken and I were talking about horses and he's talking about these people, you know, don't they know when they get on a horse they look at Christopher Reeve and it could throw him. Like, you know, and it says I, the guy who rides motorcycles. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, well, haven't you heard these same, same words thrown at you in regard to a motorcycle, right. you know? And so... I guess for people, it's for him. He's done it all his life. It's for like someone saying, you know, to us, you know, are you going to drive to Denver? You're taking your life in your hands if it's something or, you've done or, so much. Or people who don't really know the wilderness, like, oh, yes. you're going to go hiking yeah, without, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. we're so, going up with a light jacket. Right, <laughs> right. But I think the thing is, again, respect your opponent. You know, respect yeah. your um, and your weaknesses. I know I'll never be the writer, Ken. It's going to be, it's just, yeah. And so I'm not going to do the things he's going to do or go go far. Um, but yeah, will it? Will the benefits outweigh the, you know, the, the risks? I don't know at this point. I just wanted to give it a try and, and prove to myself I wasn't too old to do it. So. That's well, that. you got more balls than I do. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm like, uh, I'm We could good. get into this whole subject, but, you know, a couple years ago when I started feeling joint issues and you know undiagnosed autoimmune stuff i just really thought that it was going to go progressively worse and worse and worse and i again you know how you react to something it was like i just went to the negative like oh this is going to get worse i'm not going to be able to do this i'm not going to be able to do that and then after a while of going okay this you're the only one that can improve this you know i saw as many doctors as i could so i just switched it around and what can I do to make it the best? Well, I can eat better, I can exercise, I can go to the gym. And so the fact for me that a couple of years ago, you weren't here, but you know, I couldn't do this with my hands. Yeah. And so, you know, something like, it, it helped me go, as a goal, I'm gonna learn how to ride a motorcycle. I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna get strong enough to hold that thing up, I'm gonna get my hands, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat well so that I can use my hands. So for me, it's, it's, um, it's an opponent, but I was, you know, I was kinda, the other thing was the autoimmune, whatever, undiagnosed thing that, yeah, that's a whole other, again, whole um, other ball, of wax. ball of wax, but um, no answers there, but big improvements, and so 
part of learning to ride a motorcycle is the gratitude for that, that I'm feeling better. The self-improvement, mm -hmm. the yeah, yes. conquering. It's those Olympic people. You know, why, how... <laughs> it's overcoming yes. a... Uh, it's pushing yeah, back. Overcoming it's, adversity. Right. And, you know, you have to wonder, why is every Olympic person have had cancer? Their father died the night before. <laughs> I mean, but you hear these stories, and I think there is something there to be explored, that, that they push back with some superhuman, not, not strength, the strength we all possess, but some kind of um, motivation and inspiration and, and, and just a F you to the, you know, the situation that put you there. It's yeah. like you need something to push back against and get angry at or to fight against or to... And you know that's literally why they say what is it that uh iron sharpens iron or, right right uh, yeah there's a word for that there's a phrase that yeah i'm yeah. failing to think of but but it goes back to those things you know like the rose that broke the stone you know the flower, the flower that, shattered, that the shattered the stone i love that saying I have that's that what makes that the most yes. badass flower yes <laughs> i have that poster somewhere and that was a good john Denver song but um yeah so you know, again, good things to come out of bad things, and it pushed me to do some things I might not have done had I not gotten worried that, oh my God, my life's over. Yeah. So, and I was overly dramatic at the time, but it's how it felt, and I'm and not thankful for it, but I'm thankful for direction it pushed me in, you know, traveling more, and it's just realizing that what's important to you, you know. Yeah. It's like where you want to spend your time and how you want to spend your time and all that stuff. Uh, well, a chance encounter with a pretty young lady made me decide to do this. Obviously, it's something I'd talked about for years. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you remember me mentioning this before or is this something that came out of nowhere? It felt like it came out of nowhere when you wanted to quit your job and start a podcast. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh my God, he's bipolar. Let's get him on. No, you don't remember? I was like, I do. I remember. <laughs> because, um, because, yeah. yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> to go from, to go from, you know, but have you been listening to podcasts and showing an interest in podcasts? I know. You know, the Danielle Bolelli, am I saying his name right? But the yeah. History on Fire. Danielle Bolelli. Danielle Bolelli. And um, I don't want to knock his podcast, but I was talking about that the other night. I think the thing, in the long run, I'm not going to tell you how to do your podcast, but for him, I want to hear more about the history, more about Crazy Horace, not about his experience with how he came to learning about it. You mm -hmm. know, I think I was more, I don't know much about Crazy Horace. I wanted to learn about it. Daniel, he's obviously knowledgeable, but he took so many sidebars that I was just like, I want to hear about Crazy Horse, you know? Yeah. And then hours would go by and I still hadn't heard about Crazy Horse. And so... Um, I didn't get that from it. I don't know. That was just me, though. Yeah. I got I got a lot of info out of it, I felt like. And, and at that point is when I know you were interested. I mean, I know you were interested in podcasts, so you probably have been mentioning I mean, it all along. Before I moved to Texas, I went and saw Jane Silent Bob Get Old right. at the Boulder Theater. And I was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Episode number, insert number here. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got to be up on stage with him. I so, remember that. I mean, But didn't he tell you, don't give up on your dream or Kevin? Yeah, because I told him I was a failed me. musician. Yeah, yeah. But he's the one who said for so long. I think I said at the beginning, you know, of this whole thing, like, 
everyone should do this and listen to the, you know, the why not in you, not the why. Right. And it's something I'd thought about for so long because why not, you know, how hard was this? Yeah. It cost a bit to set this up, but, you know, how hard is this? Really? And anyone can fucking do it. And I enjoy it. I thought it was fun. What'd you think? I thought it was fun. And again, I think you're, you know, and I know you're grateful and, but the circumstances that led up to you being able to do it, because when you announced your intention, you know, again, announce it to the universe, your intention. When you announced it, it seemed, oh, how are you going to do this without, I don't want to say borrowing, but getting money from grandma, you know, or, from, <laughs> I mean, but really seriously, you know, your concept yeah. of how is this going to happen? You, you know, you're stuck in a job you're not crazy about, you know, you have this equipment. You don't know how you're going to pay, but you don't have time to do it. I knew I could afford this. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't the issue. The issue was that I didn't want to fucking have a job. Right. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, I hated my job. And I, was, I wasn't I was going to grandma asking her to help me start a podcast. I was going to grandma asking her to help me not have a job. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. So I could focus would, on the podcast. You know, don't, don't we all <sighs> wish we could do it, that it was that easy, you know, that you go yeah. somewhere. So, but... But what a cool thing to have it um, manifest and materialize the way it did, and, and you're able to do it without without having to borrow money or quit your job. or I mean, things. it was really, really good that it happened. Well, like, like I that. say, i got to thank this, uh, you know, uh, lovely young lady that I went out on one date with who was like, nah, dude, we got different values. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going a different direction than you do. But... She yeah uh, proposed pr- proposed me with that idea like what are you passionate about yeah and I have always been I wouldn't say passionate because I don't know if that's the right word for it but I love podcasts I wake up listening to podcasts I have for so long it's all I listen to I got out of music and I got into podcasts right. and it was Joe Rogan Daniel Bulele Kevin Smith. Um, Duncan Trussell, Joey Diaz. I mean, I, once you get turned on to one, it's kind of like this family branch that turns you right. on to so many more. Yeah. Especially Kevin Smith, who has the Smodcast network that yeah. is just a, a whole network of, of shit. Right. There's just so much shit, you can't even listen to it all. Yeah. And it's, it's what I got into for so long that it's funny now that I... Because it was my distraction from my own internal dialogue. Right. And once I was comforted without having a job to worry about and shit. Suddenly I'm listening to more music again. You know, and I'm getting more in tune with my emotion. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't have that... Something about listening to music when I'd be stressed out would could trigger me to, like, just have a shitty day, yeah. you know? An emotional yeah. day. Right. Where listening to podcasts was just like, oh, this is what I learned today. Yeah. And so it would help pass the time. It helped me stay informed. And I... Like, my favorites, like Joe Rogan, weren't even necessarily informative all the time. It was just people bullshitting, maybe throwing unconventional ideas out there. Which, hence, is why I'm here. I was like, I I love the idea that Dad was so Glenn Beck-oriented, you know? Uh, Bless their hearts, you know? But so subscribed to that construct, which... it's great that he started his own thing, but it's still restricted in its own sense, you know? I'm sure he can't even do everything that he would really like oh, to sure. do. 
Um, and then, of course, people on network television can't fucking do what they want to do. So the idea that, like, just do it's it. Do what you want to fucking do. Yeah. Um, say cunt if you want to. Let me ask you no that. No one's going to make it this long. Let me wrap. Yeah, exactly, We're right? We're safe. No one's going to make it to three minutes and, or three, three hours. Three hours. We're going on four. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about the word cunt? It doesn't bother me, but I've never had anyone call me, you know, say you cunt. I don't think I've ever had anyone call me that. Um, but it doesn't hold any more weight for me personally as you bitch. Yeah. Um, you know, I was like in 14 when someone called me a big nose bitch. Now that one really held weight. I'm, when checked out my <laughs> right, it's it's yes. it's when they attack you personally, right? And that's where I'm saying like context, yes, intent, <laughs> right? Now, if I heard one of my sons calling yeah. a young lady a cunt, yeah, which I have, it, I'll admit it. It may upset me enough to where I'd have a hard time sleeping that night. Yeah. So does a word hold weight for me? Not really, but could it upset me? If, yeah, if I saw when you guys disrespecting a female by calling her that and using it in that context, did it upset me to see you put on Facebook? Not at all. Not at all. I know exactly in what context you were using it. But if, but yeah, that's, I, I would be upset if I saw you yeah. disrespect a woman with it or a girl. And I... If you said it to a guy, I'd laugh. Yeah. Why? Who knows? Same reason, you know, black guys call each other niggers, whatever, you know, and we can laugh at it. So let me ask, yeah. let me ask you this. Do you feel it's ever appropriate, say a girl, let's just say, she's being a real cunt. <laughs> I mean, it's known to happen from time I'm, to time, right? Yeah. Like, why is that word any more... Why is that word any more powerful than saying, you bitch, you know, qu just, hey, quit being a bitch. It's just, like, I'm I mean, not saying you are one. Right. Just, hey, but you and I were talking about the word suck earlier, where suck used to, to me, be like, <gasps> suck, yeah. you know, because there was other words that went, suck my and whatever piece of your anatomy you were going to, you know, have someone. <laughs> and so there was a literal thing to it. I think that word kind of still brings up a negative reaction in people because they're not desensitized to it yeah. we you know bitch now it used to be oh gosh i imagine if you know your grandfather called your grandmother either on either side a bitch there'd be some hell to pay about it you know there'd be someone yeah. sleeping in the woodshed for a while or um you know talk of disrespect there there'd be something really big now i can walk I would use the word at work, like somebody say, oh, I got Saturday off, I'd be a bitch, you know, in a very friendly way, but it was, you know, it was a joke, and we were safe to say that, Yeah. and and know that there was, would I have said, cunt, no. Well, and but that's where, in the context, I have a, a cunt sister, I could call her, Yeah. Brianna, in Texas, uh, who will probably never watch this, but... She enjoys jovially using the word like I do. There you go. And yeah. it's like, we understand in society, there's a lot of people that feel the same way as, you know, right. some people do. That's This word's absolutely unacceptable in any context. Yeah. And she's like, ah, people who think that are kind of cunts. Well, I think, you know, back to the name. And it's a joke, though. Like, right. we're not. But the Native American, and I never knew this till you know, 
not that long in context years ago, but the word squaw referred to a woman's anatomy. It was, it was the same thing as cunt. So when when somebody was calling a Native American woman, do you know this? You know, a squaw. I don't know. Okay. I know that. Yeah. They're just basically referring to her as her crotch, which just makes her reduce down, reduce her down to, to her, her anatomy yeah. and what they wanted to do with it. They saw her with no human value, no... But so look at you look at that way, though, that words have evolved over time. Right. And I don't think that the word squaws evolved very much in the modern no. world, has it? But we it? didn't even know. So we would say, oh, I'm going to dress up as a squat for uh, Halloween. You know, or something like that. Not knowing, having any idea, you know, what... It's like the N-word for black people. What the... What the history of that is that, yeah. you know, is a Native American woman, you were maybe taken from your tribe and, you know, raped repeatedly or given to someone as, as your anatomy, yeah. you know, it hasn't, you're, you, that is all your value is, is your crotch, yeah. you know, and this person, uh, get me a squaw, you know, get me a crotch, get me something. But so as words have evolved over time to become more negative than they were intended to be, like the word fag. Which sure. apparently wasn't a bad word, and it's uh, yeah. Do you, do you know the the history behind that though? Why it, it's so inflammatory? Go for it. Okay, from and I can't even tell you what um, homosexual young man or middle aged <laughs> man. But I, I I mean I can't. I remember seeing this, but they would burn gay people. Yeah, I heard that. And light them on fire yeah. and refer to them as fags like yeah. because you would light a fag yeah so again now if you're thinking of being lit on fire because of your sexual orientation that's going to be very derogatory or inflammatory you know yep. and so that's it so when i hear cunt i still but so like we we were saying about the word suck which used to literally mean suck my dick right and that was a picture it would conjure up in your mind as a kid was a bad word yeah. to say something yeah. sucked you know right he said the S word. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and then it evolved into being right. Like you said, children yeah. say suck. Nowadays. So you're probably just a little ahead of your time with that um, word, because what happens for me when I hear it is I do see do female you, anatomy. Do you have to process? So you have to process intent and be like, okay, he didn't mean it in this way, so yeah. I'm not offended. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Because I still pull up a picture of female anatomy, and then you know that just honestly goes to a person being reduced to their but so same with the word you know. pussy though say the word pussy first thoughts female anatomy but it's not as vulgar it doesn't yeah it doesn't it, have the same and again right? that, that's exactly why society they use it all the time they use it to meant so why is, why, why yeah. is one so offensive no that's yeah. a that's disrespectful to every woman right. because you're referring to no. them as just this but pussy and I will, I will say this, and you know, whoever gets offended by that word would disagree with me. But no, it's not an offensive word. What's offensive is the way I've been conditioned. What picture pops up in my mind uh -huh. when I hear that word? Now, can I help? What picture? It, it's just society's conditioning of that word right now. Yep. You're right, pussy. I see wimpy boy or or Dexter. The one what I seriously feel it was derived from, and it got. It got skewed into, like you said, first thing you think of is female anatomy. Yeah. But what do you really, what about female anatomy makes you well, weak or whatever, right? Right. No, I think pussy cats, which are little bitches, yeah. which is Dexter yeah. Morgan. Yeah. Love you, dude. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you think of it 
you know, being used in a derogatory context of men reducing women to their anatomy. Anatomy. Yeah. For, you know, you take it further for their own pleasure, for their own superiority, for, you know, Lord, whatever control over So if them. someone tells me that I should, you know, quit being such a dick, should I? I'm just going to laugh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't reduce me to my anatomy. Exactly, you know? And and we don't have that, but I can see where if you're a homosexual called a fag, yeah. you go back to being burnt. Um, I can't even imagine what the N-word does for black people. And for some of us women of an, oh, I'm going to go in here, but an older generation, you know, we're <laughs> still going to hear that. You know, but but can that be fixed? Yeah, suck has been fixed. Like I said, I've heard yeah. preachers, politicians, everybody use it, and I still hear suck my head, you know, from 40 years ago or 45 years There's ago. There's only one way to fix it, folks. Keep saying it. That's to keep I saying you're cunt. you going to say that, yeah. And yeah. specifically cunty, just because I think that's a great word. Cunty. Yeah. Isn't that a fun word? Come on, say cunty. Cunty. That, that, you know what's come funny? Come on, tell but, me that's not a fun but, word. But you know what's funny is for me that... I get no images, you know, without From word. cunty? Yeah. But yeah. cunt, right. you get a word. Yes. And that's, cunty, nothing. And that's the same way as those So people, cunty's fun, but cunt is... Mm-mm. That's the same way people went around and say feck and fudge and, feck and fudge fleck and, and, and... Yeah, it's like saying frickin' and instead of fucking. Feckin', fuckin', feckin yeah. whiskey. And, and again, probably in England you can say fuck, but you can't say bloody or buggered or I don't know, you yeah. know. Uh, we don't understand the, the, the well, weight... And that's all you're fighting right now is the weight of society. And yeah, you're probably right, desensitization, desensitization of it. But it's just going to be uncomfortable, you know. For, for a little yeah. while. I feel like we filled our cunt quota for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, there you go. But if you, but if you really sat down, there's, it's a word. It's a word. It is. You know? It's four letters. And how can it hurt when people say, how can a word hurt? It is the images or the, the feeling that it conjures up for people, and that's where it hurts. Yeah. You know? Um, so, and so this was, <laughs> this is the joke in of itself. Like, I feel like I have a bit here I need to work on. Okay. Because my bit is, and I love you, I know who I'm talking to, but if you're offended by the word cunt, you might be kind of a cunt. <laughs> and then, riff on that for a little while but come around to saying and the whole thing uh with the word cunt is i was using it as to label someone who is being an inconsiderate person yeah which as you just described there's a lot of people affected by the word that i'm not considering right so in using the word itself it makes me inconsiderate so by using the word I'm kind of a cunt. <laughs> there you go. So That's you, my... you do have a bit there. What what I'm hearing you say though too is, you know, because for some dumb reason, when you said, if you're offended by this, you might be a cunt. I still go, Ugh, you know, there's there, there's part of me. But what I'm hearing and what you're saying, that word itself means nothing. I mean, the word itself, like I said, if you if we went to Mexico and said cunt or. You know, I mean, yeah. I had a woman stand my department. I want fucks toothbrushes, fucks, fucks, yeah. and her husband's going. Well, and that's that, <laughs> yeah. the, that's the point of the joke, though. Is yeah. like it's a fucking joke, right? Because it's just a word. Exactly. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. It it doesn't mean I have any ill intent, and that's why I come around in the end to call myself a cunt. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. it's like, look, yeah. if I can call myself a cunt, then 
other people shouldn't get offended. Right. At least when I'm using it as jovially in that yeah. sense. And now, if I'm saying, hey, quit being such a fucking cunt. Yeah. Like I've honestly done in the past, I, I, I can regret that behavior. Yeah. And, and maybe using it as loosely as I do makes that behavior more... Make me makes me more susceptible to that behavior. Maybe I can consider that. You know, and and you could probably um, go call ten people that, and all ten are going to have a different reaction to it. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah, perception. So, and, so then... and I know ultimately it's my responsibility to change my perception of something. Not be angry at the person who said it. You know, especially someone who didn't mean it in the way they said it. Yeah. You know, so. I, Ken hears me say this all the time. I'm learning the older I get. If something really bothers me, the easiest thing to do is change my perception of it, you know? And it's like, oh, I feel like I should be working more and more. And this is when I always go around with him and be more, you know, contributing more and being your equal partner. And it's like, what's the easiest thing to fix about that? My thoughts on the subject, yeah. <laughs> you know? Do I really, really, really want to go out and get a $100,000 a year job right now and be out working like, you, you know? No, it's going to be a lot easier to go, oh, I'm so grateful that I have a partner who's, you know, contributing more share, more of his share financially. And how can I be a better partner? What can I do to make his life easier? I mean, see that? How, how much easier than going, I'm going to compete or, you know, something yeah. like that. And it's like that about anything, you know, gaining five pounds. Go, oh, my God, I'm such a fat pig. I'm not going to fit in. My pants are going to look horrible. Or go, wow, I sure enjoyed that pizza I ate in Italy. And now yeah, my pants are a little bit tighter. How lucky I am that I had that experience, and how easy it would be if I just, you know. So yeah, everything is. Not everything, you know, um, but even if you got cancer, and I don't want to be tested on this one, I will tell the universe right now, I do not want to be tested. <laughs> but even then, to go, oh, what? It, you know, some people have gone. That was the point in my life where I slowed down, or I saw what really mattered, or I really started spending time with my family, or you know. Yeah. So, so, yeah, right back to it's not the situation that causes you suffering. It's your thoughts about the situation. And that goes for words, too. <sighs> We've gone deep. Gone deep down the rabbit hole. What do you think? I think that's good. Before one of us has to go to the bathroom again. I'm fucking hungry. That's what I think. Okay. Like, I need some food. How All about right. you? I could use some food. Yeah? Down to get some dinner? Okay. Um... Before we go, one last thing. Take all the time that you want. I asked Grandma it. I'll ask Summer it. I'll ask you. If you have one piece of advice for me, anyone, uh, looking back from your experience, what would it be? I don't know if I can narrow it down to one, but I definitely, you know, um, savor it. That's Auntie Kid actually texted that to me the other day, and instead of thinking, "Oh, this crazy old lady," but but I knew exactly why she said it because she's thirty years down the road from me, and that's one thing I didn't do, no matter what it was. And and there was times, you know, when you were on vacation, you know, oh, I know I should be really savoring this, or I should be really feeling it, but. But definitely through parenthood, and I try to get that through. Definitely? No. Definitely. Like, most definitely. Most <laughs> conclusively. I try to get that through the young women. I think Danielle's doing a pretty good job. You know, I'm not grading, oh, you're doing a great job. But 
she's been able to take time away from working and, and you know finances again yay to Derek for you know for um, carrying the financial or whatever but um, that's not to say her job is not as hard but I think she's taken that time she's been stressed out and things like that but to enjoy her kids you know yeah and I know a woman who, who married a, a, a guy I worked with but they had twins and I am in such awe of her on Facebook. And we, Ken and I, we got to go see the twins. I don't know if you saw it last time we were in California. And they're half Japanese. They're the cutest little boys. They're not identical twins. So they're like brothers, but they're the same age. I mean, they are, they're just as similar as you and Daniel. But, you know, yeah. come, come out at the same time. But she makes their baby food. and um, But she sits down and just enjoys them. And I'm like, and I've told her I'm I'm in such awe of that, or just good job, you know, um, <laughs> for for enjoying those those moments, and not being. I'm sure she gets stressed out, and has bad days, but she she enjoys her childhood. And I see mothers like me who are just like on to the next thing. Okay, we gotta be here by four o'clock. We gotta get five o'clock, and okay, oh, how am I gonna get all the laundry done? But you know, and yeah, and, and it's. You know, and my life's so hard. Yeah. Grind. Yeah. And you're waiting for him to get out of diapers, and then you're waiting for him to go to school, and then you're waiting for him to graduate. You know, no. Um, that's my b- biggest regret or my biggest advice to people just savor it. But we can still do that. I do that on Thanksgiving now instead of, and I catch myself, you know, going in the morning, oh, God, I gotta get the mashed potatoes. It's like, why are we doing this? What is the purpose of Thanksgiving? It's to be thankful, it's to enjoy friends, it's in, to enjoy family. It's not to look in the sweet potatoes and see if the bacon burned a little bit yeah. and then to to flog yourself because yeah. it did or to <laughs> criticize so-and-so's yeah. yeah yeah you know and um and i still have to talk to myself about that all the time it's like we especially at the holidays you get it was so different in retail and so that's a whole again different different thing but to go oh, we got to get the lights up today and then we got to get the christmas picture taken and then we got to go to the tree lighting and it's like why are we doing this what does this represent for us mm-hmm. it represents peace and love and family and and enjoyment it's like okay is what i think i have to do right now is that contributing or taking away from yeah. that enjoyment you know and i think being a younger person we all did that with our job with our parenting and if we just realize in our people didn't care if your house was clean, I still don't want people in my house when it's dirty. But, but you know, whose house do you want to go to visit? The person who's going, oh, I'm sorry, I got dirty dishes, or I didn't have a chance to clean, or oh, the bathroom, use this bathroom. You want to go to the house where they're like, hey, let's turn on the music and eat some cookies, and oh yeah, you can get crumbs on the floor, it's okay. Oh, I don't care if you, oh, you spilt a little wine, oh, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, whose house do you really want to go to? You know. <sighs> I sigh because I'm totally the first guy. Yes, yes. Um, well, it's not too late. I had a friend, you, I'm sure you can recall the interaction I'm referring to, that came over and kept peeing on the floor. Yes, yes. That's, you know, that's not yeah. totally... <laughs> out of out of question? Yeah, I mean, in the realm I'm talking Maybe about Maybe I too. didn't have to be such a dick about right, it, though. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, in his way, too, he needs to be a little more responsible for where he pees. But in the in the in the... None of us want bad house guests either. I mean, there is a responsibility yeah. to be a good house guest. Yeah. You know, not be the person people... But no, to... like... Yeah, but I... Aunt, Aunt Lil is a great combination of both, your sister, because at Thanksgiving I got to see... I know she's the same as me, because yeah. we talk about it. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and I watched Ken grab a Reese's, 
and he breaks that Reese's off the wrapper. Well, you know how some of that residual crumb, you know, yes. can come off the bottom? Yes. And it crumbed up on yes. the armrest. Yes. And I saw him just, like, wipe it off. Yes. And it into the crevice of the couch. And I'm, I'm watching him, and I'm watching Aunt Lil, and I'm watching this occur, and I'm just watching her, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and I know it's going through her mind. Yeah. But she just bit her tongue. There you go. <laughs> Until yeah. I said something. And then she goes, yeah, you saw those crumbs? You saw those going to the couch? I'm going to have to clean those up Well, <laughs> again, it's like, it's like your C word, you know? We have all been conditioned to react a certain way when we see something. But if we stop back and we think about it, and Ken and I are equally uh, messy. Or, I, I yeah. mean, we're not big pigs, but... So I don't have a big problem. I, when we he'll bring pistachios into bed, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, because there's those pistachios have these little extra things that go all over. Yeah, them. I know. You know, but again, I'm at that age where it's like, what's more important to me? You know, is he gonna? Are we gonna enjoy ourselves watching this movie with him eating some pistachios? Yeah. You know, is that gonna bring? That's that's my advice right there. That's love. In a nutshell, though. But whether it be with your children, your spouse, your job, your whatever, it's like you're smoking weed or whatever. Is it is it going to bring more good to the situation? You know, that's the way to make a decision right there. Yeah. And, and, um, and then anything that's not doing that, then maybe work on changing that a little bit or changing your perspective on it or changing your, you know. But, yeah, I went through decades a decade or two unconscious when i say unconscious not you know you'd have those moments of oh i'm spending time with my children this is lovely oh my god he just you know (laughs) he just spilled his pop or he just I, i know what you mean and that's what i grew into the last few years is like i said doing the job yeah hiding from the world and just you know got into the bar scene just going to the bar every day and it's being unconscious and and to stay conscious and to savor though Auntie Kit, you know, she nailed it and knew I knew exactly what she meant. She meant, yeah, when we go over there and we're um making gingerbread men with the grandkids, don't be like, Oh god, it's five o'clock and I really need to get home and you know, it's like that stuff will wait, just savor it. Yeah. They're yeah. Ne- they're never you know. Or live or, in the moment. Live in the moment and 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 soak it up, savor it. That's good advice. Yep. Good advice for me, for anyone. Well, uh, we went going on four hours, so I have no doubt we can talk. I, I'd love to do this again before I go because I think we could get even deeper. Um, but this was fun. Thank you for sitting down with me and doing this. My pleasure. Happy to have you as my first guest in kind of a, a more upgraded setup. Yeah. Um, tune in tomorrow. I'm gonna have a good friend, hopefully. Uh, barring no events pop up. Who's coming? <laughs> Will. Okay. William Dowdy. So tune in tomorrow because that should be an interesting yeah. one as well. And um, thanks again, Mom. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. Say, say it again for the camera. I love you, Jesse. Where's the camera? <laughs> I love you. All right. Love, love, love.